Hey, good evening everyone. Hope you're all doing good on this beautiful Friday night. Uh, this is the second episode of the Kaiser Talks podcast. Thank you so much for being there last time. And thanks for tuning in right now. Um, it's Kaiser's brand new podcast about esports, gaming, pop culture, everything else you love. You know it by now. Today we are in the virtual studio and I have a very special guest. He's the CEO of an esports team for, formerly known, wow, as Diffuse Kids. Here is the owner and the CEO of Lowland Lions, Philip Langerok, also known as Dusty. Welcome, Philip. Hope you're doing good. I see that I have uh, put a little uh, thing on your head right there, but I changed it right now. Uh, that's always with the thing with uh, with digital stuff, right? How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, good evening. Absolute pleasure. So tell us a little bit about, about yourself, uh, Philip. Uh, for the people who might not know you, uh, what what is it you do exactly? Uh, we, we know Lowland Lions, that's one thing. Uh, what is it you do exactly? Well, that you know Lowland Lions is a good thing. Uh, so I'm Philip Langeroek, I'm 36 years old, so I'm a bit... Um, I'm, I'm a boomer. I'm definitely the definition of a boomer. Um, but it means that I have some experience within gaming and esports. And I'm the um, the owner or manager of Lowland Lions. And Lowland Lions aspires to be the first um, professional esports team in the Benelux. Uh, and professional meaning that all the people involved, the players and the staff, can actually uh, make a, a living out of uh, esports and the things they're doing for the organization which is uh, a goal that we've set well, to meet in the next couple of years, I think. But uh, we still have a long way to go in the Benelux. So Lone Lines um, is an esports team. We have two uh, esports uh, games or teams in League of Legends and Counter-Strike. We have some staff for those teams. We also have a big Brawl Stars community, one of the big, with what, the biggest in the Benelux and one of the bigger, bigger communities in the world, I think. Um, and then we have a, a content uh, team or a stream team, uh, which is one of the, the bigger uh, stream teams in the Benelux as well. Um, so the idea is that we have uh, sort of hardcore esports uh, gaming with the two uh, teams that we have in Counter-Strike and League of Legends. And we have um, the content creators that actually play more um, uh, general games, more uh, more popular games, and not that more not that Casual. really esports like titles. Yeah. Uh, that way we um, we hope to reach the whole gaming community in the Benelux. So our focus is Belgium and the Netherlands or Flanders um, with our Dutch content. All right, basically. So that's that's a very good uh, a very good uh, all around explanation. We're gonna go into some detail uh, through the course of this podcast and uh, what it is exactly you do what uh, all the people in this organization do because I, I've I'm already hearing there's a lot of people in there and they all have their specific <laughs> thing that they need to do so that's that's very interesting. you got a couple of hours so that's yeah we, we we're we're set out everybody just go grab a coffee grab a tea grab whatever you like if you want you know a little rum or a little whiskey that's fine as well just as long as you stick around for two no, hours no alcohol here yeah we're just gonna stay we'll stick with water because we won't make the two hours if we, <laughs> if we start drinking now um anyway um you're uh, i i've got some questions prepared but you you said something really interesting about esports titles um that's a question i have not prepared but that's the way the podcast is gonna go guys uh, it's it's just the same as the first time 
I kind of go on these rabbit holes and when I hear something interesting, I want to know about it. Because you talk sure. about esports title, what makes a game esports worthy? Because I remember Valorant, for example, uh, a lot of people are saying, ah, we're not sure if it's if it's fit for esports, if it's ripe enough, if it's, if it's there. And what does that mean? Because that it's very difficult to, to pinpoint that, right? I have my own uh, definition of what an esports title is, uh, but um, there are some some um, some companies that try to make a sort of tier list uh, of esports uh, titles and which games actually uh, are esports worthy, you could say. But uh, there's some criteria that have to be met before I consider a title an esports title. And there are, there are a couple. Uh, first of all, the game has to be popular. At least some people need to play the game. Uh, it's probably yeah. one of the main things. Um, in my in my opinion, the game shouldn't be paid to win. Yeah. Um, which disqualifies, in my opinion, FIFA as an esports title. Um, That's because of big... all the packs that you have to pack before you get a decent team. True. I mean, if you have to start a season and spend two thousand euros before you are actual actually competitive, that makes no sense to me at all. Yeah. So um, that's something. The, an esports game should also be um, spectator friendly, uh, which disqualifies Fortnite for me as an esports title. Uh, I mean, that's pure chaos, uh, something that I don't understand, and it's not my age. I think, I think it's widely considered not an esports game because of that. Because of that, it's just not been really thought of on, on how the game actually looks when you're outside of the game. Yeah. It's, it's obviously a very great game to play, but yeah. it's not spectator friendly so not an esports title um and obviously well there needs some be some sort some some sort of competitive scene around it um i mean there is a reason why old games like league of legends counter strike and dota are still the top three of esports titles because there's a legacy because the game is sort of um it's just there's just a, a huge scene around it and people actually care about the game that makes it those scenes so great even though the games are that old. Um, so those are, those are probably the main things to consider when looking at an esports game or an esports title. Um, the reason why we chose League of Legends and Counter-Strike uh, within Lowland Alliance and we're not considering any more games right now is just because, um, well, at Lowland, um, League of Legends and Counter-Strike are probably the uh, the biggest esports titles in the Benelux. Um, and a close third is probably Rainbow Six, but we're just trying to focus, and we're not trying to uh, get involved in all the possible esports games. Yeah. Um, or well, it's just trying to get a focus. Uh, we're not on the 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 biggest budget or the the highest uh, staff count in the Benelux, so we're trying to get those two games uh, decent before we try anything uh, before, anything else. Before you move on to any other games. Yeah. But I think most even the 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 with people would call the bigger teams all started out with focusing on certain games they don't i don't think any esports team or you know you you know more about it than i do but i don't think any esports team said like okay we're gonna start right now and we're gonna do 20 games uh i think it's 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 a very wise decision to to get it down right for two games or one or two games and then say like okay maybe we'll take a third because that's a full team of people that you People don't see it that way, but that's a full team, a full new team of people. You can't take the same coaches. You can, if they overlap, but they already have probably a lot of, you know, work with one team. 
it's a full f imagine it's a comp team five people yeah you gotta train exactly. those five people it's 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 a lot more uh we get, a, we get a lot of we get a lot of questions um of, of people that play other games can we join little lines and uh we don't we don't cost anything i mean you don't have to pay us a salary or whatever um we just want to be little lines and i still say no because um if we want to um support a game or a team um at little lines we want to have um mental support or mental coach for that team we want to onboard them in the software that we have to support the teams we want to spend time and and money eventually on the team even though they don't really cost in their minds cost to the two low lines in terms of salary or whatever or travel but there's a lot more to creating a team than than just i mean cost, getting yeah. the lines brand there's there's a lot more involved if you're part of low lines than just being or, or changing your, your team tag in the game to low lines so we just try to focus and get and, and try to be the best at uh, at the, the games that actually matter and and on our heads at least um so it's just a matter a matter of focus um and that's why we have to we get a, a lot of applications even daily but we have to um oh, i mean we cannot take them all <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah that's i, I think any team uh, has that problem where where a lot of people think, uh, hey, I'm 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 good. Why don't you? Why why can I not join your team? And I'll just add the tag. It's fine. Um, yeah. But that that's the difference between a clan and 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 uh, a team. Uh, I feel like a clan is more something that you like. You say, hey, I'm good enough. I don't cost anything. Can I add my can I add the tag to my to my nickname? Uh, exactly. And that makes the difference, of course, between a, between a, yes, a clan difference and between a community, I think, and a sort of more trying to do it more professionally exactly. um, and, a, and a job actually, because it it is yeah. for yeah. most you gotta even if you're an amateur athlete, you still have to consider it like a job because it is something that you will invest a lot of time in. It is something that you will have to work for. That is not solely recreational, of course. I'm pretty sure most gamers still enjoy the game they play, uh, and they will probably still play it casually sometimes. Even though I think there's a certain point where the click doesn't go back. But it's a different. It's a different mindset. That's, um, why, that's what I think. If you, if you get it, obviously you have to like the game if you want to actually become a professional esport or an esports athlete at the, the highest level. You obviously have to like the game, or you will never get to that level. So there is some sort of passion that you need to actually uh, put in the hours that you need to 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 become actually uh, to become a professional player um, but it's it's just more than than passion uh, there'll be times that you actually have to do things that you won't like uh, repeat exercises for example or actually look at your mistakes and try to learn from it and and work with a team and and talk to a coach and actually listen to other people saying what you should do in the game Although you no, you don't consider it better, but you have to because of the team. So there's a lot more involved than just the passion in the game or liking the game. Um, if you want to be if you want to be the best in a in a particular game or whatever in a, in regular life, um, then you have to have to be able to do the things that you don't like to become better eventually. That's right. Yeah, just like any skill. Uh some skills needs need some refinement and that refinement is not always the the most fun part because uh, there is uh, we, we talked a little bit before uh, before the podcast and we talk about the grind and about stuff like that <laughs> and there is that that inherent thing uh, that 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 you sometimes have to just do a thing 
like you say, over and over and over again uh, mm -hmm. until it works. Uh, and 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 that is that is not always fun. Uh, I will say. Um, I have a question uh, for you. Um, you've been in the scene for quite some time. I, I think I can say that. Uh, first, as a gamer yourself, uh, then uh, your career kind of kind of evolved evolved around that. Um, yeah. But you also have a very different business background. I did, I did some digging around, of course. Uh, can you tell us a bit about about that and what what is the is there a bridge to what you do with what you what would you what would what you do for lowland lions or is that completely separate two different it's, things it's, it's definitely separate um so obviously we want everyone at lowland lions wants to become a professional or full-time uh gamer or whatever stuff at what we're doing but even i as a ceo am not well i put in full-time hours in lowland lions but it's not my full-time job so i have a full-time job next to lowland lions uh unfortunately uh, but that's actually what what keeps Lowland Lines going is because well I have to work for a living as well and yeah. uh, and after hours we'll uh, we'll make sure that Lowland Lines keeps uh, keeps afloat. But um, does your day ever I, end, uh, Dusty? What? Does your day ever end, Dusty? Because it sounds like uh, you actually have two full times. Uh, that, that's <laughs> so what I was times, thinking. Yeah, two times forty hours in a week probably. Wow. Uh, that is insane. Which is uh, which is a lot, but it's it's I mean it's it's a passion and a drive. As I said, the goal is to be the first professional esports team, and will it will take some time to have eventually get there. But I still believe that we'll eventually get there with the Benelux. Um, yeah. Will be a, more than just one team that actually can uh, benefit or at least be a professional team and actually support their players the way uh, we should. Um, but regarding the question, um, I used to uh, study applied economics at Ghent University. Um, and and at, at that time, I used to be a gamer, so I, I used to game a lot. Um, so my grades weren't that great, but um, I used to game a lot, and, and at that time, after I graduated, I realized that I wasn't uh, wasn't going to be the professional gamer that uh, I aspired to be myself. So then I took up uh, different roles within esports, which eventually ended up being uh, the CEO of Flow Lines. But um, uh, as an applied, uh, after my studies, I, I decided that well, IT was sort of my thing. So I became a, you could call a business analyst, which is sort of the business analyst. Is sort of uh, of does the translation between what people actually want their IT software, what you want it uh, their IT software to do, and actually translate it to the people that actually build it, so the the programmers and uh, and the more technical guys. So uh, I started as a business analyst, and right now I'm a sort of project lead uh, for a certain project at a at a at a client. So I'm I'm supposed to make sure that the product gets delivered on time within budget within the the scope that it has been set all right so that's yeah like you say it's it's very different from what you do it's, from it's uh different. It's totally non-gaming related uh but the the, the skills that i use in day-to-day -day, uh say uh normal life or not esports life is something that i use every day in lunar lines as well so there is obviously uh there's obviously an overlap but Some overlap. it's it's yeah, yeah. And but it's not, it's not related at all. Communications is also probably one of those skills that you use in both areas. Yeah, well, as, as a as a business analyst, you 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 should actually understand what people actually mean because people sometimes don't really. Uh, well, they ask you a question, but there's probably three questions behind it or mm -hmm. a reason behind why people ask that question. 
And on the other side, you have to translate that question to people that actually don't know what the other guy is talking about. So you have to actually understand both worlds and try to make a translation between between those. Uh, and that's why uh, there's so many there's that many uh, vacancies for people or business analysts in general uh, yeah. because that's I mean people it's just it's harder than you think. I mean it's not just being. Um, send one message from one people or one guy to another uh it's actually understand and start as sort of um uh trying to live in the world that the other guy is living in and try to make sure that he understands what the other guy wants uh which is harder than you think it, it's like liam it's neeson would say uh, you need a very specific set of skills uh for uh for that yeah yeah <laughs> and sometimes people are are well it's sometimes uh uh the one guy asks you to do this, but it's actually not possible. So you have to make sure that you make sure that everybody's happy from one side to another. Uh, so deception or, or people that are not happy is, is part of the job as well. All right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a question down from chat, uh, guys. I'm just gonna address chat for a second here, uh, guys. Thank you for uh, posting questions. They're very interesting. I've I've, I've seen uh, I've seen uh, the first question was was a bit funny. Uh, somebody asked uh, if you said Curie uh, Watchdog Fricadel, I believe. Uh, uh, sure. I I I I say uh, I say Fricandel. I don't say Curie Watchdog. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, I've lived in Ghent for for ten years uh, prior to where I live now, so I think I think you're from those areas. I'm as from well. Ghent. Yeah, 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 we don't say curryworst. That's that's not no. a thing. No, uh, that's not <laughs> a thing. Obviously, a foreigner if you say curryworst. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not used in Ghent at all. No, no, not at all. I think in Belgium, just in general, not many say curryworst. Not sure. I don't. I don't not hear sure. that. Uh, for me, for me, that's like the German sausage chopped in pieces it's like a strange uh, strangest thing it's definitely different uh it's yeah it's, for me it's different um by the way guys i uh, we have a, a giveaway of 500 lottery tickets for uh the kaiser web shop uh if you want to enter that you can do so by typing uh, kaiser talks i think it's kaiser kaiser talks giveaway all in one word um the mods were not eligible but i just turned that on so if you want to re-enter as a mod just you know you can uh so you guys are eligible as well and uh well that's it um senpai i saw your question i'm gonna i'm gonna note it down because it's a very interesting one uh okay uh spaghetti i got that question as well in my thing so let's let's move on um i've got a very open question because i think there's a lot of people watching us that don't really know what esports is so if you were to describe esports to someone who doesn't know anything about it, what would you say it is exactly? Is it, can you explain that in one sentence or is it a, a number of things? It's very hard to describe. I think esports is a, a group of sports, which are actually games that are played competitively and have their own scene. Mm -hmm. So you could compare it to different kinds of sports and they're competitiveness that's esports i think yeah so um thing is esports have been sold or is sold to um to partners and sponsorships as just one package but actually it's based on the, the different games that actually have sort of following and fans and, and competitiveness so um yeah it's very hard to describe i think it's just a, a set of games that are actually played competitive which have which has their own scene and and games, uh, and that is esports. Yep. Um, it's very, it's very, it could, it's very. You can relate it very much to sports, 
although there's no physical activity you could say um but it's just competitive gaming yeah it's it's, it's a bit to me i i always explain it with uh, the analogy with chess because people kind of accept chess as to be a, a mind sport and they kind of accept it to be competitive as well and i tell them well chess also all happens in your head it's the same mm -hmm. thing with esports why wouldn't the game be a sport because it's very it needs planning it needs strategy it needs thinking it needs wit it needs uh even if you say oh there's no real physical thing to it i think the 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 the, the milliseconds that an athlete can win by being in top shape as well will also help them win some games. So that, the that's thing what with esports is. I mean, the, the thing with esports is the games are are uh, most of the times created to be esportsy. Mm -hmm. So they are created to be uh, fun to look at, fun to play, and are actually created to be competitive. So esports is 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 uh, people like to to compare. Esports to sports, but I think it's more of a entertainment sport. Yeah. Uh, mean sport, not the physical activity, but believe me, and as you and as as you as you see, uh, esports games on the highest level, you won't see the 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 image that people have of gamers, which are really fat people yeah, yeah. living in their basement. No, they're really athletes. I mean, yeah, people yeah. at the highest level, they live in gaming houses, they eat healthy, they do their their physical activity. Which is needed to uh, even end the game to get that extra millisecond of reaction time uh, to do something within a game. So, in that kind of sense, there is some physical activity, although it's just with the hands and with uh, the eye-hand eye coordination. There is also that, that thing of the thinking and the planning and the strategies and the teamwork. Um, I mean, and, and there is the whole entertainment side as well, a, a lot more than sport, I think. And that's why, why esports is so popular, I think. I mean, sports has a kind of set rules which are based on, well, uh, ages before. There was no streaming, there was no television. So those things are, are just not made for, well, not in that, the same sense as esports made to get to get a, a crowd entertained. And esports is, which is probably the reason why it's so popular for um, our generation or the people younger than me, obviously. But uh, the 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 esports generation is is uh, a lot more hooked than esports and 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 the regular sports just because of that. Yeah, that's what I, and that's why that's also the reason why I think that in for example I'm gonna take the United States of America just as an example uh, is that they got used to esports quite faster than us because they're already used to that sports being entertainment. Uh, mm -hmm. Look at the Super Bowl. Look at any NBA match. Um, I mean, they have cheerleaders, they have halftime shows, they have all that stuff around it. So they understand what it is to to be entertained by something uh, and yeah. all the things around it. And when you look at esports events in the States compared to the ones in Europe, even the bigger ones, uh, I know France is, you know, very far in that path already. Um, even, even then, in France, it's still smaller than it is in the States or... I'm just saying that taking the states as one example, but there's many, of course, which we will yeah. talk about later. Um, but this but, is the reason why why in the states is as big. It's obviously they're used to getting sports and entertainment in one in one show, obviously. But also all the bigger uh, sports within the states, like uh, well the, the the rugby or the American football and all the um, 
uh i forgot the name well the the soccer teams and even the mlb the baseball league yeah if you look at the the fans that they actually reach there's a that's a very old that's very old people basically they don't reach the younger generation so because of that all those teams started investing in esports because you have there you have the the 18 to 35 whatever uh reach of people that they actually miss so there's a lot of um influx of uh, of investment which yep. actually helped to grow the scene as well with all the bigger teams actually having an esports team and start and start growing the scene as well so if you have all the all the investment coming in and esports actually being entertainment and i mean it was a match made in heaven uh yeah. sports in the united states obviously is a uh, is bigger than in belgium for example Definitely, uh, yeah i mean we obviously we're fans of our soccer teams but we don't really live our lives around sports which is no. obviously the one entertainment within within the state so there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, reasons why it's more popular over there than here and why we're taking a slower start especially especially in the benelux but uh i mean people really i mean slowly but steadily we're we're getting there and people actually start to see that there is potential even within the benelux to um invest and see that well there's actually something there and esports could be something big within our region as well yeah and i think i think uh, uh com bigger companies the, the day bigger companies you know reach that tipping point and and understand that esports is a very uh very important and very interesting thing that will not go away anymore i mean we we've established that by now is that esports will not disappear anymore it, it is there it's there it's been there for I'm gonna I'm gonna be very modest and say 20 years. Uh, it's been there yeah, for yeah. longer, but let's say 20 years, uh, and it's going to be there for another, whatever how long we live. Um, yeah. I, I think, think the bigger companies already got the got the message. The Definitely. thing is that uh, the international budgets are obviously spent to the bigger teams, but locally um, there is still some catching up, especially in our region and some countries in the European Union. But most countries actually have. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, a couple of times bigger spending that we have in, in, in Belgium and the Netherlands sure. um, combined. Um, but we're, we're catching up. I mean, this year has actually been, uh, in terms of announcements, in terms of of um, parties entering esports, has been exceptional. So, I mean, I, I think 2021 will be the turning point in terms of esports within the Benelux, I'm sure. That is interesting. We're going to come back to that later. Um, I've got something in chat that's quite interesting as well. Senpai who's saying esports athletes are top mental performers. We already said that, of course. Yeah. Uh, and he's saying Korea is the country where esports is rooted the most. Uh, I've got a question about that as well. Uh, but he's saying very, something very interesting. The US is apparently starting with coll collegiate. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, teams yeah. in colleges already. Yeah. Uh, so esports on college level that is that is pretty that is very far ahead that is to me that feels... we have we have competitions in, in in belgium and the netherlands as well i mean uh, I, I know meta is uh, is organizing their their college league uh and there is there's been um league of legends competitions uh within universities uh True. as well in the netherlands for years now um but thing is and in the united states it's always I mean, you have uh, our level and then you have the United States level. I mean, people actually get paid for getting on the college esports team in the United right. States. Obviously something that <laughs> I don't see that happen uh, in, in the Benelux and even in regular sports, it, it doesn't happen. So no. I mean, it's always next the next level in, in the States, but we already have competitions in, in the Benelux, although not on the level, obviously. Yeah. 
but it, it, it is um, on our level I've because I've seen uh, Kaiser did one with uh, I think it was with Ike uh, uh, yeah. full year of Ike or something which is mm -hmm. it, it is for a student a good price actually I, th I thought that was like I was like okay because it's not super competitive or anything it wasn't they weren't saying okay only the pros no it was really just college kids and they were entering yeah. and they could win a full year of but, Ike and something else I guess but you um, see that the um, sponsors are really interested in esports, but uh, the the top level of esports is not really the thing they're aiming for. It's actually the real the age of of a eighteen to twenty four, you could say. Actually, the people that study that are actually interesting to them. So, um, I think it's it's um, and you could see that to the people that actually organize uh, things for 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 um, the universities or university esports teams that it. it seems to be easier to actually find sponsors mm -hmm. for that kind of because, um, yeah because it's their demographic or, yeah it's yeah. their demographic and it's it's a lower level of esports you could say i, I, mean, I do agree everybody can, can participate um you don't get beaten up in the first round by a, a pro team you could say so there's a, there's a more more potential you could say but the threshold I mean, is less big to uh, to enter yeah, something oh, again. There's, yeah. uh, there's there's more potential they think and and if, if they actually target students and and not the real well real in parentheses esports demographic yeah esports uh fans you could say i i agree um i i'm gonna ask some questions about you um as uh, the managing director of lowland lions and why not start with You've already described your role in the organization, but what is it you do? Take us through the uh, one day <laughs> as the director of Lowland Lines. What do you do? As is I said, it... it's full time, so we, we yeah. you know the thing. Uh, you could really, I think, I, I think you could compare it to a sort of manager of a, a soccer team, I think, or any sports team. So you have your teams that actually uh, play the players. You have your staff, your coaching staff. Your mental, your mental coaches. You have your uh, your staff that does the social media and your content, and then you have your content creators. So those are all the people that we um, that, that have to talk on a regular basis with. Um, and it's just managing everything. Uh, I mean, you have to make sure that the the players compete. So what do they need to actually compete? Do they have to? Uh, be prepared for a certain match. Do they need to be prepared by their coaches? Is there any feedback regarding the teams or the or the coaches? I mean, there's there's not really a set day uh, or a set uh, uh, schedule for every day. It just happens. It's, you know yeah. the things that the people need to perform, that your content creators need to be happy and actually get results that they want, and you just have to make sure that that flow keeps on going. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, during that 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 that, that road, things happen. Uh, players are are not performing because of certain reasons. Then you start making sure that they that in whatever capacity you can, you start to make them feel better or start performing again. Uh, content creators need something of you, or content creators want to to do something or or, or create something, and then you have to make sure that that happens. Sometimes you have to recruit a new team, new players, uh, make sure that they can enter a certain competition. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of lot of things that that happens during the day. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 I suppose it it also uh, depends on the on the the wave that that gets you know that kind of comes to you. Like I I kind of see it. Uh, yeah, there's, there's not a fixed uh, fixed schedule. Uh, yeah, just I mean, ride the wave. 
yeah, uh, I mean, uh, this this season in Lord Alliance League of Legends, we had the worst season in in, uh, in the last six seasons, I think. Um, and and I, basically, we won everything the last couple of, of years, you could say. And this season, we ended fifth in the competition, which is something that doesn't ha didn't happen with me before. Um, even all the time we did League of Legends with Diffuse Kids and, and Lord Alliance. So that's something that we have to deal with, with uh, something that we have to deal with, and that's something new, um, something new for me. So that's something that we have to deal with uh, right now, um, and that's probably the the biggest thing that's on my mind right now. I mean, we're talking partnerships as well, so getting sponsorships or, sp or sponsors on board and getting new partnerships is something that I'm working on right now, and um, and I mean every single small thing that 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 just happens that needs to be solved is something that we're working on so i mean it, it maybe it doesn't sound that much but uh believe me it's a it's a second full-time next to the full-time that i already have it, it does it does sound that much <laughs> it, it, it's managing 30 people so it's it, it's, yeah. a lot, it's a lot of people that's a lot of people and, that, and just working with a, a big amount of people i uh, in my in my own job i i i work with a lot of people as well and people don't realize that but even when you have like five six people to manage even from then it's a lot it's a lot of work because there's five six or in your case 30 individuals that have their own ideas that have their own thoughts that have their own things that have, they all have questions and it all comes back to you to kind of delegate and yeah. just redirect yeah, i'm blessed to have staff that actually manages a lot of things for me if not what i used to i think it, it diffuse gets times i used to do everything i mean in terms of uh managing uh teams players uh licenses i used to i used to do everything um which is really i think five times the uh, if i had to do it now i probably have to take five more or, or five times the time that i am doing right now in lowland lines um, so I have a great staff that actually knows what they're doing and, and taking a lot of work away from me. Um, but still, um, if there if there is something happening that needs to be fixed and they cannot fix it, it ends up with me, and then I'm I have to make sure that it gets resolved. Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem. That's solver. how the real world works as well. So true. That's right. Um, you were talking about diffuse kits. You uh, you you dropped that name uh, a second there. So we know that Lowland Lions used to be called diffuse kits in in well in reference to diffusing in CS:GO and, and R6. But what was the deciding factor to change back to Lowland Lions? If I get the timeline correct, you changed back so, to Lowland yeah. Lions. Yeah. Well, diffuse kits started. Um, I don't know, back in 2003. So actually, the Fusecat started first. I wasn't, I wasn't managing anything back there. I actually wrote news articles for for the Fusecats back then. Um, but the Fusecats quit because of the lack of commitment and people actually having the perspective of getting a professional career. Uh, and the Fusecats sort of rolled into uh, Lowland Lines in 2007, I think. Um, and then uh, I is something that I started. So um, that was a new brand that our, our goal back then in 2007. So that's 14 years ago. Was also becoming the first uh, professional esports team and actually, well, uh, being or being a top world team even with local talent, uh, which is something that back then was something 
well, that was achievable, <laughs> but yeah. we didn't get there. Uh, there was, well, obviously it was uh, the financial crisis in 2009, which mm. uh, sort of screwed up the IDs and, and esports back then was, well, was sort of going through a slump. Um, I decided to quit esports in 2012, so five years of Lowland Alliance. And uh, in 2017, so five years later, uh, I started to look back and, and, and see that, well, uh, I quit in 2012. After 2012, esports started actually <laughs> getting well, getting the at the heights that, that it is right now. So I sort of missed the, missed the boat there. Um, so I wanted to look back and see if there was anything that I could still do within esports because Benelux was still lacking behind of well, basically everybody in the world, but we're not getting on the, on the same hype, unfortunately. And then I decided, well, um, let's start an esports team uh, because, well, there was Kaiser back then actually starting to uh, to organize uh, stuff. So competition-wise, things were okay. Uh, there used to be a news uh, a news site as well uh, back then. So the only thing actually lacking were decent teams. Um, there were a lot of mixes in the highest competitions, meaning that there were no real organizations backing teams that were actually on the highest level in the Benelux. So there was obviously something missing there and it was a, a decent team. So I started um, Diffuse Kids back then in, in 2017 with the idea again to becoming the first professional esports team. Because in 2016, Lone Alliance quit, uh, which was an extra well, motivation for me to actually reboot a team and actually become uh, competitive uh, yeah. again. I couldn't claim low lines back then, uh, so I started going with the Fuse Kids. And the Fuse Kids, well, was quite a success. Uh, we um, we started with CSGO, which is the, well, the game that I, I know best. Um, I think we, in the first years, we, we basically won everything. Um, um, and, and then uh, picked up um, League of Legends in 2018, I think. Or 18, I think. We we started winning there as well, so obviously we were doing something right. Uh, and then, um, I mean, you you obviously have the, the teams, but we you want to professionalize at some point. Uh, I mean, the goal is still to become the first professional team, and just having teams and some coaching staff will not cut it. So you have to make sure that uh, you get in terms of uh, financials, everything on order. Make sure that your content is is on order, and and that your product. Uh, as an esports team is actually worth investing in or sponsoring. Um, just having an esports team or a successful esports team in Counter-Strike and League of Legends won't cut it because, well, the, the players cannot make the content themselves. You have to support them. So you need some staff and people actually making the content for them or at least try to um, um, create it with them. Uh, and then, well, we also have that content creation um, a part or team and we have a brawl stars community so those are steps that we had to take to in, in our minds to uh create a better product that, than than just the two diffuse kids teams that we had at the time um but after we we took all those steps we we, re we realized after talking to a lot of uh potential partners and sponsors that the name diffuse kids was uh not professional uh, I mean, the Fuse Kids. Uh, we had one, one, um, one partner, one potential partner that said, "Well, we like your product, and your figures are really nice compared to everything that we saw before." But the name that you have is something that we cannot support because if you type our name and the Fuse Kids, 
uh, in Google, you'll probably see uh, explosions, and that's something that we don't like. Um, so diffuse kits reminds us of, of terrorism and bombs, and that's something that we cannot uh, support. So that's that's uh, the trigger that um, at the end of 2019 set us on the well on the road of, of rebranding or changing something. And um, back then, I had the opportunity to actually reclaim Lowland Lines, uh, which obviously was the well was the the choice that I that that we, that we had to take. Uh, there was no other option of, of of merging with other teams or something. So we started to rebrand in May last year. To Lowland Lines, uh, which is obviously comes with um, with a sort of legacy. Um, people start well. People knew Diffuse Kits, and we we knew we were successful. But compared to Lowland Lines, Lowland Lines was probably still more successful than Diffuse Kits ever was, uh, because back in the day, uh, they had a lot of uh, international success. Uh, it was obviously easier to have international success back then because the scene wasn't that uh, professional. But yeah. still, uh, there's a lot of legacy coming with Lowland Lines. So our idea is to, well, try to at least achieve the same uh, success that Lowland Lines had back in the day with uh, the teams that we have right now. But it's still a long, a long road ahead. And to elevate, elevate everything, uh, every, elevate the level in general. Uh, yeah, well, oh. to reach the success that Lowland Lines had back in the day, we'll yeah. probably have to be a sub-team in Europe and in, in League of Legends and Counter-Strike. Um, but that Right now, that comes with a, a huge cost and a huge budget, which we don't have. So it's, it's kind of uh, aiming for the stars, and uh, let's see where we end eventually. That's that's interesting because um, I, I think I do think we, uh, but we're going to talk about that in, in a few. I do think we uh, we 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 are on a tipping point. Uh, we we already said that uh, quite a few times, but I think I think we 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 need to talk about that a little bit later. I have a bit of a trivial que uh, trivial question uh, in between. Um, why the name Lowland Lions? Who came Who came up with it? Why a lion? Why not Lowland Chickens? Or, or you know what I mean? It's yeah, why the no, lions. The thing is, um, well, the in the Netherlands, the, the flag or the national flag or the national the icon yeah. is a lion. So yeah. in Belgium as well, and in, in Flanders as well. So lion was an obvious obvious choice, and Lowlands, well, the Lager London. So was just an LLL Lowland Lions. Oh yeah, sounds. Yeah, it made sounds sense. Good. So. True. That's the that's the ID behind it, um, but it's has not, a good it's ring to it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like like <laughs> that's special at all. But uh, it was just the ID behind it, and a lion generally. Well, it's, it's lion is generally the king of the um, of the of the prairie or the jungle or whatever. True. So it was a strong symbol, uh, actually used within the Netherlands and Flanders and Belgium. So and lowlands. Well, it, it covers basically what we're what we're doing and what the ID behind uh, lowland lines is. I also think a good name is is important. So I I, I totally follow you on the diffuse kits thing. Uh, I I understand completely what your reasoning is there. Uh, for even from a commercial point of view, if I if I may say so, um, all those those very famous teams, Fnatic, Team Liquid, OG, Evil Geniuses. It just it, they all have a ring. Lowland Lines has that ring as well. Diffuse kits. I understand what you mean. There's there's less commercial appeal to it because it has kits in it and it has yeah. diffuse in it. So I totally understand. Th th those are not two really hot words. Why, I would say. Why would you take kids? Uh, why, why would you consider kids to be professional? That yeah. was actually one of the things that people said to us. I, why would why would we sponsor kids? That's not our goal. It's probably too young of an age, but 
then you have to explain, well, no, 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 we're not kids. We're actually people yeah. of the, actually the people that you're looking for. Uh, but I mean, if you have to explain the name it's already... and then try to, to talk your way out of, of, of issues because of the name, then, well, you, you... probably your cause is lost already. And like you say, you have to, you already have to talk your way out of something and you don't yeah. want to be doing that when you're, you know. want to convince people to actually uh, create a partnership with you and the first thing you have to do is explain your name, then, well, then probably something. It's true. That's right. Um, we were talking about Korea earlier, and Korea is almost memified as being StarCraft heaven. Uh, what yeah. do you feel Belgium's or the Netherlands' biggest talents are in esports? Uh, are there any games or skills in particular that the Lowlands have that other I countries think in don't? Terms of, I think in terms of talent, we probably are are, are really great in League of Legends. Um, there's a lot of people that used to be successful, especially in the Netherlands, uh, in the day uh, that were well achieved really high and, and, and at the highest level in League of Legends, but in Belgium as well. Um, and, and I think we had a kind of a slump in the in the last five years, maybe in terms of talent. But in the last year or so, you see a lot of Dutch and Belgian talent actually rise again to uh, to the highest level of League of Legends. Uh, even people that used to play for Diffuse Kids and Lola Lions are actually playing on the highest level right now. Yeah. Um, with uh, Gaz being an assistant coach and, and Mad Lions, uh, Alois being part of the SK Gaming uh, team or their academy roster. Wow. A lot of people actually going abroad. Uh, Hades or, or Jungle Earth last um, of two seasons ago is actually playing the semi-final in, in, in Spain, for example. I can actually qualify for EUM, the highest highest possible um, competition in in Europe right now for the, for that level. So there is a lot of of uh, talents actually going back to the highest level because of the, the professionalism that teams within the Benelux actually start to show. Um, not again, but start to show. Um, yeah. So I think in, in terms of of games, I think League of Legends is probably the most successful game that we have in the Benelux. Not Counter Strike. Uh, maybe Fortnite, uh, but I think League of Legends is probably where we have, as a region, have the biggest legacy. Yeah, a, a big legacy as well, because I remember uh, players like uh, Crepo uh, being yeah. at, I mean, at high a really high level, and he kind of, but I, I do understand what you mean when you say that there was a little bit of a decline, because uh, players like Crepo kind of quit, I think, and then some players kind of just fell through everywhere, and there was, there was a bit of a down... You know, downs well downwards movement, but I think I feel that it's on the it's been on the rise again for at least the last year or two, even a strong strong shift to the yeah to the top actually. So but there's I, a couple I, of reasons. Um, one reason, which is um, it's something that I take credit for, is that with Lowland Lines we give a great context for players to actually achieve the highest level and actually be recruited by. Uh, bigger teams mm -hmm. than than Lowland Lions, obviously. Um, I see Lowland Lions as sort of the, the the sort of hub that you want to play for, and that international teams actually look at to see if there is any potential within the Benelux to recruit. So that's that's what Lowland Lions should be. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, next to the teams, there's obviously the competitions as well. Uh, the League of Legends competition, League of Legends competition, professionalized a lot uh, in the last year, year and a half with Meta taking over uh, the organization of the League of Legends competition. Uh, I mean, in terms of production, actually um, sort of setting a, a bar for teams to participate and, and try to professionalize the scene. Meta did a lot for League of Legends, which 
eventually um, uh, created the the opportunity for players to shine and, and, and international teams to actually see them play and recruit them. So, mm-hmm. so there's there's the team side. Obviously, there has been a huge uh, huge steps taken. Uh, and, and, and the competition as well. Um, so that's, that's probably the reason why in the last couple of years we see a lot of people actually uh, evolve to the, the next stage or the, yeah. the professional stage. I'm just going to read up on chat real quick because uh, I see there's a lot of people watching us at the moment. Uh, people are saying PUBG as well is also a very well represented game apparently or was. Um, so what do I have here? Ibiza from Team Liquid, uh, they're saying... We've got Quinteret saying hello. Uh, oh, that's funny. That's uh, that's my boss. That's uh, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> hello, <Bob. laughs> We got uh, uh, Tommy Mulder saying uh, Fabiven, Youngbuck. Uh, I think they're they're kind of they're kind of you know naming. Yeah, well, uh, they're League of Legends names. The Netherlands top player in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what I mean. Uh, pe- people kind of sometimes always think, ah, oh, Netherlands, Benelux. We don't we don't have you know, top level players. We have top level everything in esports. We have top level casters. We have top level players. Think of Shocks. Uh, Shocks is yeah. is at the absolute top. Uh, I think in the top 10 of casters or presenters in the esports world. Uh, I would even say maybe top five. Top but five, that's, yeah, probably more, yeah. Probably more. But the thing is with all those, the, the names that you just mentioned, all those people had to make it for themselves. Yeah, um, they true. did not have a structure behind them. They did not have a team or, or a lower level of of, uh, of competition behind them to actually make it to the top. Young yeah. um, Bob used to play for Lowland Lions uh, back in the day. Uh, they didn't have uh, a Dutch or Belgian league, a League of Legends, to actually have a stage for the international players to recruit them. So all those, all those girls and guys are self-made, and that's something that has changed in the last couple of years. I think there is more of a, a, a lower level, you could say, of esports teams and and competition that actually creates those new personalities, which is a great thing. Uh, it gives some perspective to the lower or the people that actually start in esports to grow towards a professional career by just entering the the academy teams within the Belgian or the Dutch league or the, the main teams and then grow to the more professional teams internationally. Yeah, that's what I wanted to that, get to is that um, thanks to, to, to teams like like uh, like yourself, um, they now have uh, something to look forward to closer to home and, and they don't they, they, they can they can actually grow in, in a healthy uh environment where they get uh help and 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 we're, we're gonna talk about that uh in in a, in a moment as well uh i first have a question how sustainable do you think the esports um uh, world or or uh, you know bio bio how do you say that biome is in in a small country as belgium or or just even the benelux how do you think do you think it's sustainable obviously you do because you well, you started a company in it. Uh, I'm also a strong believer in in the fact that it is sustain, uh, sustainable. But I would like to hear your view on it and and why do you think that it is what it is? You know, I think in terms of the things that we do or try to do, um, we're trying to get to really try to elevate the whole scene, which doesn't make Lowland Lines sustainable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Lowland Lines is an investment for my, for my part. Um, but I really believe that actually, well, 
obviously with everything that's happening internationally eventually it will happen in belgium and the netherlands as well but on a lower level mm -hmm. but right now the discrepancy between what's actually expected from an esports team as lowland lines and the actual investment and sponsoring there is a huge discrepancy in terms of well there's basically no budget uh, yeah. or there are partners but they're already partners with the league or with other teams so there's a huge um difference in between what the people expect of an esports team what they expect the, the fanatics and the g2s but then in the benelux and what actually on the other side is coming in in terms of sponsoring and partnerships so is it sustainable right now in my mind no but it should be mm -hmm. um or it could be uh, depends on when it actually will happen or what the, the tipping point is or what <laughs> i'm not sure what 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 needs to be done but we'll get there eventually it's just a matter of time but right now it's not sustainable but it it will be eventually. yeah all depends on the background as well because uh, we were talking about fifa um earlier and and uh philip said fifa is not really a, a, an esports game because and i think you have a very good reason for it and I also think you would think it's an esports. It is an esports uh, game if it wouldn't be paid to win. If it, it used to be, if it used to be, if you were an esports team, you had to have FIFA. Exactly. Um, because well, it was not paid to win, and it was obviously it's a very big game. It's one of the most popular games in the world. But if you have to pay your way into getting competitive and then try to get results, that doesn't make any sense. But it didn't. It didn't used to be like that. So. Uh, back then, we, we used to have, uh, at Lowland Lines, we used to have a very successful FIFA team with yeah. a lot of players, and they're very well known still today. But, I mean, right now, it does, doesn't make any sense to invest in FIFA, and it doesn't make any uh, sense to invest in, in it because they don't believe in the game. And obviously, the, uh, the soccer teams as well have their own FIFA player, and they, they are the only teams that can actually participate in the Belgian and, and the Dutch League and FIFA. So, oh, really? Oh, I didn't yeah, know you cannot participate as, legal, as an esports team in, in the e pro league. You have to be the a soccer team in the in the pro league. So that is I mean, mind blowing to me. I, I don't I do not it understand. Makes sense that. in a way. You want to be more uh, sort of uh, protective in the things that you do as as a soccer team, and obviously also as uh, license uh, license based, uh, etc. So, but so it doesn't make any sense in my, in my mind because of the of the game itself and obviously because we kind of participate at, at the most important competition in Belgium or, or the Netherlands. So yeah, that, that's why you could, you could you could say well we could support an, a FIFA player and then actually loan th that player to a soccer team, but no, I mean, yeah, the, why 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 the hassle? Why the hassle? Uh, yeah, there's no there's no sense in, in that. Um, so we were talking about uh, tipping points, and do you feel that there is was or is going to be a defining moment? Uh, in in our uh, geographical place, I'm, I'm saying Benelux a lot, but I think we can we can involve France a little bit as well and Germany, all the surrounding countries, kind of yeah. are are part of that same bio. I think um, Germany and France are a few steps in front ahead of us, but not that many. Uh, I, think, I think they're a lot. I think they're quite quite far ahead, budget wise, um, because, because they're bigger. Yeah, but also um, if you see even the you could say the, the second tier teams and, and those countries actually have a great a great budget because of whether it was investments of of, of uh, sports teams or, or 
yeah, just people actually believing in, in esports. It is because the teams are more professional, the competition is more professional. There's actually uh, sport marketing agencies that actually believe in esports and really uh, make it not really their main business, but actually one of the, the their priorities. Um, the best example in, in uh, Germany is Sport5. Um, they're one of the biggest sport marketing agencies, and they're really, I mean, esports is, is one of the main or the main goals. Um, they're known for for soccer and golf, but right now esports, I think, is, is one of the main priorities. And in Germany, they're doing great, great things for for teams and especially competitions. And they're also the the main, uh, say, sponsor gatherer for Riot for their uh, League of Legends competition. So in, in Germany, the professionalism is, is is way, 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 way beyond what we we have in in, uh, in Belgium and the Netherlands, and even in France. I mean, Team Vitality and MCES and and uh, and Lille Olympic uh, Olympic Lyon, sorry. Um, I mean, they're they're far far ahead. But um, in in Belgium and the Netherlands, I think in Belgium we sort of reached the tipping point this year um, with Club Brugge entering esports yep. and entering in Counter Strike, which is actually two strikes at once. Uh, Club Brugge entering set set. I mean, a lot of eyes opened with all uh, sports teams, and starting with. Counter Strike uh, is an extra an extra layer onto yeah. it because well, League of Legends would be an obvious choice and the safe choice probably, but entering in Counter Strike is is I mean it it doubled the effect of uh, of um, of that announcement and that's something that actually well set this year on fire I think there's a lot of uh, sports teams actually interested in getting more involved in esports because of Club Brugge entering esports yeah. so in Belgium I think it set the lid on, on getting a, onto a next level within esports um, the downside is that with uh, sports teams entering probably a lot of the um, more casual you could say or more uh, original uh, esports teams will probably disappear because sure. well, when sports teams enter and they actually mean it, um, they have the budgets to. In terms of financials, you'll you'll never get on the same level that that they uh, that they do. So that's probably the downside. But professionalism within esports in Belgium is, is going at at at, at very fast uh, rates, I could say. Uh, yeah. The Netherlands is probably lagging behind right now. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. And, or harder lagging behind than than they used to last year. Oh really. Because yeah, I, yeah. I know that, for example, in Berlin, uh, I think it's Fanatics uh, game houses in Berlin. I, may, I might be wrong. Or yeah, all, the, all the teams have a game house in Berlin. All, all have, have a game house. Wow. They all have a gaming house there, yeah. That is insane. So, yeah. so that's something that we, we still, I mean, in, in the Benelux, we don't we don't have a gaming house. Yeah, for, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Is there, like, a gaming house? or Because uh, I know they were talking about uh, a, a few years ago, there was a school talking about... Oh, we are going to start a gaming course, and we are going to. But I don't think that ever happened, even. Pixel, uh, Pixel has yeah. sort of a cabin. Yeah, but it, is it a house? Uh, but there's no, there's no team in the Benelux that has a gaming house. Liquid has their European headquarters in Utrecht, but Liquid, well, they're they're. Yeah. Some people say they're a Dutch team, but they're not. I mean, uh, yeah. they're an, an American team with American investors with one uh, Dutch owner. I'm not sure how many percentage of the shares he has, but. I mean, they're they're not Dutch. They're they're internationally, and they have their European headquarters in Utrecht. But next to that, there's no team <clears> with a with a gaming house. There are teams that actually starting to create um, houses to create content. Um, 
but not in the in the real esports sense of having five players, for example, or a team over there and start to practice. Yeah, that just. Um, I don't know any team that that has plans to do that in the short term. No, yeah. Um, they're saying Kave Mechala started a, a League of Legends uh, team as well. It's not too yeah. long ago that I believe uh, I've seen that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, they started uh, last year with the start of yeah. the Belgian League. So yeah, you're, I they're, think you're, they're a great example of, of uh, actually a soccer club um, entering esports and how to do it. Um, they they started off their first season very rough. Um, they well. It was their first try, and uh, I think they ended last in the first season. But then actually started onboarding people with more knowledge of the game, basically, and then ended second or third in their second season. And right now, they're number one in the Belgian league right now, and they're playing the finals against, uh, well, Sector 1, the, the the obvious number one last year. So they, they're really, I mean, they, they have great people behind it, behind the team right now. Um, they they uh, merged with Aethra, uh, another esports team, and right now, I mean, it, it shows that if you have an, an original esports team like, for example, Aethra, and you put around it a certain uh, professional context and and people that actually know how to what the sports marketing business is or the sports business is, they can actually achieve results. Um, and Kavi Mechlen recently uh, recruited the Rainbow Six team as well. Which has a lot of potential, so they they obviously know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, um, yeah. and they're, they're in my in my mind they're the sort of the benchmark on how soccer teams should be doing esports right now. So I, I think we were right about saying um, that uh, that a tipping point was reached uh, a, a year ago. Um, I see that Juan has posted his question. He, he, I, I copied it, uh, Juan. So when, guys, when you're when you're asking questions, I will pick out the the ones I find interesting or, or questions that I have not asked Philip yet because I don't want to ask Philip six times the same question. Uh, but this is actually a very interesting question uh, because it, it kind of leads into what we're talking about right now. What is your goal with um, Lowland Lines by the end of this year and in the next five years, he's saying. So, because uh, we know there's a, there has been a tipping point already towards esports. So, I suppose that within a year, there will be a new t tipping point. And I think within five years is actually a very good span of another yeah. very big tipping point is what i think what do you think, I think about it, that within one year um well it, the starting of this year we decided to professionalize on how we uh want to recruit people and actually sort of um go through a season with a team um we for the first time we actually set certain goals when recruiting people start uh making more taking more the the mental picture actually more, um, you could say, put more emphasis on facts and figures than just the feeling that you have with a player to make sure that during the season, you don't have any hiccups with the team. Um, that's obviously is theoretical because in a League of Legends team, we had the worst season, even though we, we entered with the, the new method. But um, we, learned a, we learned a lot by doing it. And, and I'm sure that next season will be a lot better because we learned of, of our mistakes during the first season. So, uh, getting Lowland Lines more professional in terms of getting um, the, the players the, the things they need to actually perform the best is probably the things that we want to do this year. By the end of the year, I would rather have everything that we do more financially stable, uh, having sponsors on board that actually believe in what we're doing, uh, 
and by that I mean uh, the things we do come at a cost, obviously. Oh, yeah, and um, some sponsors don't really realize what it takes to support a team that Lowland Lions is. I mean, I think everybody has, or at least I have, and I think a lot of people have an idea on what the cost is on running a team like Lowland Lions. Mm -hmm. I won't get into the details, but as you see, for example, a team like Sector One having all the part, all the partners that they have. I mean, it gives you an indication of what the actual cost is of running a, a team on the level that we uh, that we have. So um, by the end of the, the year, I would, uh, or at least my hope is that Lola Lions will be have more financial st uh, stability. Mm -hmm. That's for the the goal for this year. And in five years, I actually want to achieve uh, being a professional team, having the people on payroll, actually making decent, not really the exorbitant uh, international money, but actually making a living out of esports um and and really be that esports hub for players to play for lowland lines and actually go to the next level because they played lowland lines and they had the great um people behind it actually support them and grew them as a as an athlete so in yeah. five years becoming a professional team that will be realistic i think without without getting into the numbers uh let's let's repeat that because i think uh, a lot of sponsors and, and just people in general need to hear it um, every day. Uh, how many people is it exactly that you work with just on Lowland Lions? 30. And 30 we're, we don't have that many staff. Um, I mean, right. there's a lot of this. this, this uh, there's teams actually bragging on how many people there have on their staff. But I'm, I'm trying to manage it on a decent in a decent way and trying to keep it very... Or short lines of communication and trying to, to 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 keep the people limited because well i have to manage it and make sure that it sticks together and that's yeah. that's uh it's very it's very challenging i used to do it with five players and one uh one staff member and one coach uh, so it used to wow. be a lot less but i mean it's not manageable on, no. on the, if you want to do it on decent level with 30 is a lot of people yeah i i do think uh that 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 is also one of your strengths that you don't have that um, very huge uh, top-down structure uh, that a lot of these teams have. You have, like you say, you have a very co uh, short uh, communication tree, and in, in the sense that uh, it gets to you really fast if something goes wrong, and the alarm bell can can be pulled very quickly, yeah. and that is very good because uh, I think a lot of these teams kind of struggle with that internal communication i don't think they 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 uh w once they reach that in between level if you understand what i mean uh, they they don't really know how to manage that w of course we're not talking about teams like fanatic like you say that have yeah your house and and i'm not pretending that i have the the truth in hand that i'm doing it things perfectly i i'm, I'm sure i don't uh and I, i'm not i'm not doing this uh i mean if, if i had the time and i would actually spent two full times just in low and doing low lines then probably things would have been a lot better or we would be doing things a lot better i mean but that's just that's just reality so i think i think right now we're doing the things the best we can uh there are obviously things that we want to change and do better uh but sometimes I mean in terms of budget in terms of time and in terms of not having the resources is is it's always it's always a matter of choice. Uh, yeah. We don't have the big the big investor behind us that actually gives us uh, the certainty of, of of let's say two years of financial uh, um, stability, independency, and and actually uh, making sure that we can invest into a full content team and a gaming house and and actually pay the players what they actually should be be paid for. 
I mean, we don't have that. So um, we have a very small staff. Uh, we have very, we're just trying to do the best with the things that we have. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the main thing that we want to achieve this year is actually uh, convince partners that things that we do come at a cost and are actually worth investing in uh, and actually make sense. Yeah. So that's our main goal by the end of the year to um, to make sure that we, we yeah. get partners on board like that. That's, that's a very, I think that's a very, um, um, how do you say that, uh, a very reachable goal since you guys have the influence already uh, and, and brands are now understanding what influence is and they are now investing in influence as well. Which the thing is, is, it's very hard to, um, well, obviously, over the years, there's also a reason why the Benelux is, is lagging behind. Has been is because a lot of people actually sold Castle in the Sky to a lot of to a lot of partners, uh, and actually promised, well, we are the next Fnatic in uh, in the Benelux, for example. Well, those those stories don't don't really uh, go yeah. far. Uh, and well, people actually invest money in the, in in that, and then things just fell apart very quickly or people just disappeared uh, i mean it happened a lot in the benelux and it still happens today unfortunately so we have to make sure that everything that we do is super super uh clear yeah. and every figure that we make is reported in every single angle that is possibly uh or it is possible in every in every single way so we have to sort of fight back all the shit that happened during the in the last couple of years uh, which makes the struggle even harder, but I mean that's if that is what it takes, then I mean we yeah. just have to go through it. But you see that actually people um, start to realize that they have to invest in esports, that we are uh, a partner to to consider uh, at least, uh, because obviously there are a lot of facets on, on on esports. You have the competitions, the news, the influencers, the teams. So uh, we have to make sure that our product stands out. Um, and maybe the thing that we're we're not so good at is actually selling who we are. Uh, maybe we're too honest in, uh, in what we're doing, and uh, we're not selling a project of how it could be. Uh, yeah, we're selling who we are uh, and what we're doing right now. We'll sell what what we're doing. We'll, we'll do in the future, uh, but we're selling what we have right now because we know that what we have, we can actually promise. We can actually do. Uh, of course, a, I think lot, a lot of a lot of other people just sell a story that yeah what could be but on, on like like we just discussed on the I've, I've been in the in the well i've told you what my my job what my real jo uh, job is uh and, and i've been in that in that uh, budget world uh, for a very long time as well as you can imagine and uh i think on the long line uh being honest is always the best uh the best strategy because like you say selling a castle in the sky uh, bites back in your ass very quickly, very quickly. The thing is, it bites back in your ass, but it bites back in everybody's ass who exactly. will ever be asking budget for for the same cause that that, that you were. Exactly. Um, but yeah, well, uh, those people uh, get rooted out eventually. Thing is, it takes time. It takes time. Um, yeah. And I mean, we're getting there. There's there's more budget for esports getting into this scene. Uh, obviously, if you look at all the partners that are actually investing into the League of Legends competitions right now, yeah. there's a lot of big names in there. Uh, Sector One used to be very, or is very successful in getting big names attached to their brand. So, obviously, there there is budget. It's just 
getting or reaching those partners and actually convincing them of our project, which yeah. is something that we're working on very hard and and will succeed. Definitely, so, yeah, yeah. I, I do, I do think, I do yeah. think so as well, because your stream team is also very present, uh, and they have a lot of influence as well. Uh, they also have legacy. Um, yeah. Without, without, you know, just naming a few, there's, there's an Espa in there. Uh, there, I mean, that is someone that at least in Flanders, ha Flanders has, has quite a bit of a legacy. Uh, yeah, but they're they're exponentially growing as well. Exactly, I mean, Espa yeah. and Abu uh, in the last couple of months. Uh, with with Twitch and TikTok, they're they're growing in a, at an insane insane yep. level. So definitely, um, that's I mean, also one you, tipping point, right? Just, just yeah, gaming yeah. being being accepted on all those social medias. A TikTok game gamer like a gamer doing something on TikTok and just showing videos of of him gaming or or, or even Twitch clips can boom, can completely yeah. boom. Which is that's something that uh, that Abu realized very very early, and uh, we decided. Well, he realized that I think at, at uh, last year in the summer, and he said to me, "Well, let's do something with uh, with TikTok and 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 create those clips and actually do something with it." So at, at with Lola Lines, we were posting one video every day, and he does it as well. And now everybody does it, uh, yeah. and it's very it's very successful because well, I don't know, it's just it's just how TikTok works. If it works, it works, and then and if you can make it happen or make make all those people actually go to your Twitch live stream. I mean, then it's a great, it's a great success, and I think yeah. uh, Abu started it, and Asper right now, his his figures are just going through the roof. True. Um, I mean, they're very successful, and I'm very, very happy for for them because they're they've been around for a very long time, um, been streaming for a very long time with maybe five to ten viewers at the beginning for for a couple of years, and right now they they're achieving the things that they want to achieve, and I think the really the they're really going ways that that nobody has ever gone in terms of streaming in Belgium. In Belgium, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a tipping point. That's what I'm uh, what I'm thinking about as well. Is that um, I've seen uh, not only I've seen the, the the geek the geeky side of, of stuff like all the stuff that I have behind me and and, and <laughs> stuff like the comic cons. I've seen that yeah. open up uh, five six years ago in Belgium and Netherlands. Open up real hard, and I think by by having all that stuff, the geeky stuff being accepted and all the Marvel movies, it kind of tipped people towards gaming as well. And it kind of opened up, helped open up that world as well and actually discover what gaming is. Uh, last year, we did something with Kaiser as well uh, on, on Comic-Con Brussels. And a lot of people sat down just to watch Rainbow Six. And I, there were people sitting down there. I mean, moms of, of 40, you know, 40, 50-ish years really watching a game and actually enjoying it uh and and that to me was very very eye-opening i was like okay wow this is there is something happening people are understanding this are accepting this as being legitimate and that is yeah. very important that but that's it the acceptance and yeah. the legitimacy well actually gaming it is something that we should accept and do something with it that's something that has changed in the last couple of years. It's not not that niche anymore. Well, it wasn't it wasn't niche before, but people treated it as a niche. That's right. And and right now it's it's been accepted finally, and and people are well, people are not really sure what to do with it still. So there's a lot of people that actually doubt what what should I do with it. I know that I should do something with it, but what is it exactly? Um, that's something that that we should be working on on actually um, explaining what it is gaming and esports. Yes. Uh, but 
but people accept it. That's probably the biggest thing that's changed the last couple of that's, years. That's a very big step. I'm just going to catch up on, on chat real quick, ju just uh, so I don't forget them. Uh, we've got No Fear saying hi to you. Uh, we've got, so we had uh, Juan's question that's done. Uh, let's see who else we have. We have Korsak, who is also a streamer for, uh, for Kaiser, who's a PUBG player. Um, we got Yolanda van Beek, say, uh, van Beek saying you're doing very well. Uh, Philip, uh, then what else do we have? Uh, sponsors are actually hard to get. Getting a sponsor is not the hardest thing. Getting the sponsor that matches you and has the same goals and willing to put their time and effort into you is a complete other story. I yeah. semi agree, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree towards, yeah, at some level, I agree. Um, I mean, obviously, as, as Laurent Lines, you won't be working with any any brand that, that contacts you. Um, yeah. In terms of what they, uh, with obviously some 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 brands that you don't want to work with because of the the message that they that send out same. to the world, uh, but most of the times it's just people not realizing what actually the value is of what your product is, and then they just well here you have five keyboards who want to be your your head sponsor, you know well obviously you don't realize what what actually we offer you uh, yeah. as as a, as a team so. Most of the times, it's just a discrepancy on that, on that, <laughs> on that, uh, on that side of, of business, and and not really uh, the message. But it's also something that we consider when when talking to or not talking to certain parties. Yeah, certain partners. Uh, Korsak uh, continues by saying, being from Benelux, it's a harder uh, start as well. When you look at Nordic countries, for example, well, Nordic countries are for to me Netherlands already. So. I'm not sure if I agree with this, but they're way ahead uh, of us in terms of investor, even general interest. Uh, general interest, I, I also not per se agree. I think there is a very healthy general interest in, in Belgium. So I don't yeah. really necessarily don't agree with it. I think it's the interest. The thing is, in, in, in Belgium and the Netherlands, there never was a local competition or local teams to look up to. True. Um, if you're if you're a Dutch CSGO player, you will you probably won't be fan of lowland lines but you'll be fan of chris j who used to play for mouse sports yeah um if you're a a, a walloon csgo player probably scream was your was your go-to player and he never played for a belgian team or never played for lowland lines so the thing is the offering regionally was never there so there's a lot of interest in esports that's not that's not the issue the thing is there was no product or no team or no competition to actually root for or worth your time as an esports fan, and that's changing, uh, and that's the reason why more partners are getting on board, why the, the, the competitions are better and more professional, why the teams are, are getting better. Um, but the interest is there. I mean, we're not different from the the world out there. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, Blue Moon has an interesting question, uh, to which I, I have my, my little idea about it uh, as well, but I think you, you will you will have a very good response to this. Uh, would you say that the byproduct of the late profession professionalization of esports in the Benelux is also that it might be hard to get or find proper supporting staff, for example, game coaches, analysts, physical coaches, for example? Is it is it harder to find those kind of positions in Belgium? Because I know yeah. we have a very good supporting role kind of coaches we have a very good base of that but i think the very specific things might be hard to find yeah it's it's true um there's a lot of there's a uh, in terms of game specific coaches that is an issue uh for example 
in uh, League of Legends, maybe not so much. And in Rainbow Six, I find it maybe easier uh, as well. But in Counter-Strike, that's, for example, it's an issue. Um, I know one coach that actually makes, makes a living um, out of CSGO, and that's Anton, who does some work for Lola Lines as well. And, and he, he works for an American team. But next oh. to Anton, there's not that many coaches that actually have a, a, a decent level. But the thing is, the reason why there's not that many coaches is because there's not that many teams that can actually support a coach or make it interesting for a coach to be on their team and actually uh, take time to uh, get a team on a decent level. If I mean, there's not that many coaches that want to coach on, on, on a tier 5 team because, well, that team is just doing random stuff. They're not interested in a coach or, or being coached or actually taking coaching seriously. You have to reach a certain... Um, think level as a team before it's interesting for a coach to actually spend time in a team and actually make that team better that's probably the main reason why there's not that many supporting staff there's the, there's there's a lot of players that actually don't have the talent or the time or, or the idea of becoming a professional player that actually end up being a coach because they actually have a good understanding of the game but cannot really execute it so there's obviously a lot of people that can actually coach or be a supporting staff but it's not interesting for them to support a team that really is just doing it for as a hobby so yeah that's it, probably the reason why there's not many people but in terms of of mental coaching for example at that at that at that level there's a lot of people um i've came i've come into contact with a lot of people that actually helped low lines in some way and in terms of mental so i mean there's people around they're not that many game specific maybe but I think that's just because of the professionalism of the, the teams in the last couple of years. But that's changing as well. That's very interesting. Uh, Corsac uh, says he, uh, he was watching documentary Netflix, uh, Last Chance You, um, and it's a basketball squad. You see how important the coach is. Uh, and I'll, I feel like we are not at that stage yet in esports. I hope we can give it more importance, chances to coaches. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw it as well. I mean, I look at it as well. I saw all every, all episode of last uh, last chance you even with the uh, the American football, and that's very interesting. It's very, I mean, it's it's very relatable to to Benelux esports. Uh, it's actually um, players that have the talent to become uh, professional players, or at least get to a higher level. For some reason, because of their context, their history, or they did something wrong, uh, they have a second chance and they have to work together and become the best team with a certain coach that obviously is a personality as well. And I think that's very relatable to Benelux Esports. Um, the local players, they didn't have a chance or, or find that they don't have a chance to, to reach the next level. So they try to sort of achieve something in the local region and maybe end up um playing for for a professional team so i think that's very relatable um even with the the budgets or the uh, the lack of budget within the last season of, of uh, last chance you i think it's very relatable well that's very interesting as well i i want to i want to talk about coaches uh just in general what what does an esports uh, coach actually do are there specific things that they need to know or do uh can any yeah. life coach can any sports coach be an esports coach yeah so there's, as you say there, there's two uh two things that a coach should do is actually keep a team together and actually start working together so that's probably a general skill uh 
keeping people motivated and actually work together, start uh, talking to each other, communicate. Uh, if there's any um, people down, talk through it with the team or personally. So a, a coach and it's in, it's in sport as well, has to be a, a people person, actually making sure that everybody feels okay and starts working as a team. But that's, that's not gaming related. But then the second part is being game specific uh, very well start to realize what needs to be done to actually grow as a team maybe um, look at the other team as, and and think about strategies and how to counter a, a different team so there's there's the people part and there's the game part um, and some coaches are very good at the game part and some coaches are really good at the people part uh, at the alliance we we try to sort of split um, the role so we have a game specific coach um, and then we have a sort of mental coach or, or coach that tries to build the team uh, next to that coach. So, because we cannot expect from uh, coaches or local coaches to be a perfect coach themselves, because most of the times they haven't got the experience or um, they're just starting the esports career as well. So we start. We we want to make sure that everybody or the coach gets the the best support or the the, the same support as the team has. So. Yeah makes sense even the coach has a mental coach yeah uh, or the coach has coaching and how to become a better coach but um, does the mental coach have also a mental coach that's the question no the coach <laughs> or is that over coaching he's, no, 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 he's the <laughs> no, no, no boss behind the unboss i don't know um the thing is we i mean every every, every player that we have obviously is not the best player in and and the game they play uh because of their uh, mechanics so game wise and also uh, person-wise um, a lot of the players we have are young mm -hmm. uh, they're they obviously have talent or they wouldn't be playing for lot lines but there's a lot of work uh, in game and and also out game <clears throat> so we have to support them in every way that we can uh, in a legal in our legal agency we have a, a coach that used to coach at the highest level so we know that uh, mechanically and in game wise we have probably the best coach that you could have in, in the Benelux. And next to that, we have our mental coach that actually wants to to grow those players into becoming a better teammate. So coaching is, is um, I mean, it's it's a niche on its own. Yeah. Um, and there's not, uh, there's not that many uh, Benelux coaches uh, because of, well, as we said, there, there didn't have to be, or, or there used to be that many professional teams. So you guys we're, have... we're working on it. You guys have quite a famous, uh, qu quite a famous head coach for um, for League, for of, League Legends. of Legends, right? Jeevas yeah. is, is yeah. pretty pretty high high end. Um, yeah, yeah. How did that thing come to happen? Well, we Jeevas used to coach us uh, three seasons ago. Uh, I'm not sure how how it happened, how we came in contact, but uh, I think back in the day. He uh, just wanted to uh, rebounce from a uh, time off. Uh, so then he saw the, the lo our local region as a as a, a stepping stone, uh, uh, which ended up great. Uh, he ended up at, at, a, at a German team the season next. Um, but um, this season or, or this year, he decided, well, uh, I think it's time to, to actually grow our local scene into something more mature. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, Lola Alliance was an obvious choice because well, we had a, we had an experience together, and um, at the same time we had this, the plans to become more professional in the way on how we coach players and then building the whole uh, structure around it. So, Jeeves was an obvious 
choice as a League of Legends coach when we had the opportunity and together with um, Next Level Esports and Donny, uh, I think we, I, I'm sure that by far we have the, the best uh, structure for, for League of Legends and Counter-Strike players to, to play for. Uh, I think we did a great job as Lowland Lions when uh, it's only up to the players to be uh, the best they they can be. Uh, the best I think everything themselves. we provide them is, is top notch and is probably the best in, in the Benelux. Um, now, it, it should be my mission to to make sure that it's only up to the players to be the best they could be. And mm -hmm. that's something we're providing right now. So it's up to the players to actually achieve the things that they want to achieve. Um, talking about the players themselves, um, what, what does their day look like or their planning look like and how do you uh how do you provide a structure for them is there uh some kind of um uh hours uh, we, we talked about this a little bit before yeah. the podcast but um are there are there specific things that you require from them from them what do you think they should do and and what their what does their let's say their week look like well, it depends on the game uh in league of legends we had a very strict structure last uh, season which in my opinion, was great and uh, and should have been working. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but that's something we discussed will be better next season. Um, so the in, in, in League of Legends, we had a couple of days where people actually had to play or, or scrim or, pra or practice. But then uh, weekly, uh, the player had to talk to the mental coach. Uh, okay. There was uh, one... one um, I think a two-hour uh, session with the mental coach and the coach and the team together, start of of, of uh, doing exercises and, and becoming a better team. Uh, the coach had his session with uh, the mental coach as well, um, and then obviously you have a, a one day and a week uh, or an evening with uh, an official game and League of Legends. So in terms of hours, I think the League of Legends team had a very strict schedule with probably. I would say 40 hours of uh, of esports at least uh, at as a team. Uh, next to those 40 hours, most of the times you play the solo queue as well, and you work on your own skills. But at least 40 hours with the team, which is quite a lot. Um, so we selected the players based on obviously skill, but also on on what their profile looks like in terms of. Um, how they communicate with people, what is their personality uh, look like, and, and is, it, is that personality something that we want in Lowland Lions? So that's how we selected the people, but also in terms of what their ambition is. Um, if you pretend to be the best player in the Netherlands with uh, an ambition to become an international and a professional esports player and you only play 10 hours a week then probably you've been lying to us or you're an extreme talent or something is wrong at mm -hmm. least so everybody needs to have the right mindset and set the correct goals and then we can sort of create an estimation on what needs to be done to reach that goal uh, and based on that we start to plan the week of the team so that's basically how it works in league of legends in Counter-Strike, it works a bit of the same way, but we don't have the experienced coach there. Uh, we have a new coach that we, we try to, um, well, start a build up, really. Uh, um, he's, a, he's a beginner coach, so we don't have the strict schedule uh, as a League of Legends team, and that Counter-Strike team also doesn't really have the, the time right now to 
actually um, spend the same amount of hours as the League of Legends team does because some people actually study or work. Mm -hmm. They're not professional players. So after hours, they really have to practice and then do the things they have to do. So Counter-Strike is a bit more uh, loose, but they also have the the same structure. Uh, each player has to talk to the mental coach on a regular basis. The team has to do the team um, exercises every week. Um, and then the officials uh, in Counter-Strike, there's a lot more official games than there is in League of Legends. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily for them, because in League of Legends, you only have one game every week, which oh, is wow. basically nothing. No. Uh, in Counter-Strike, you have two, three, uh, maybe more, which is a lot more uh, fun to me, at least. Yeah. So it depends on the team and the game and what the actual, actual ambitions of the team is. Um, I mean, you could, you can, you can set a goal as an organization, but um, at least with the budget that we have, with the players that we have, we cannot really enforce those goals. I mean, you have, you still have the reality of people having to work and to study, so you cannot expect them to, uh, to put in, uh, I don't know, uh, fifty or forty, fifty, sixty hours per week, uh, if they still have to study or work uh, next to that. So that's right. I mean. I can do that because I have a I have a I have a job and then I have low lines, but that's basically a desk job. If you have to perform as an esporter as a and and have the same mental uh, or psych, psychological and physical uh, freshness every evening after a day of work, that I mean that's that's yeah pretty insane. But that's why there's still a difference between the teams that we have in the Benelux and internationally. If you look at our Counter-Strike team, uh, we're, we're, we're playing at the tier three, you could say, uh, competitions. But the teams that we're facing are full-time teams. Um, yeah. And then people expect us to win from those teams. And sometimes we do. But, I mean, we're still <laughs> we're fighting with different weapons. There. With different weapons. Yeah, definitely. I agree on that. Um, somebody's saying school first. Now... That, that is one of the things I, I, I'd like to address. Um, in France, for example, I, I, I watch a lot of French YouTube, for example. I watch a lot of French YouTube because they, their level of um, acceptance has, you know, by far exceeded ours. Um, and, and I believe that, the because this person is from, from the Netherlands, I believe. Um, I believe that in the Netherlands and, and Belgium, it's, it's not yet to that point that people can understand oh okay wait you're actually working to be you know a good gamer to become a professional gamer they don't they don't get to that point but what do you think um uh the the perfect explanation would be uh for people to understand that to kind of what 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 are the steps that need to be taken so that we are on that same level as the rest of you know the bigger countries in Europe but there are some, uh, and, and I know the University of Amsterdam, for example, has a has a not a sort of scholarship, but an acceptance of an esports athlete as a professional athlete, and wow. and it gives some um, extra uh, possibilities of, of, for example, skipping an exam because well you have to train for yeah. uh, for a match or or sort of spreading the courses that you have over a couple of years instead of the one year that you have to take. Um, Makes sense for your for your. Um, um, your university career but the things are changing in belgium as well i know that um uh the, the fifa player of of Genk, uh was playing at the e-pro league also has a um, uh sort of you know how do you say that um 
statuut zijn in Nederlands, maar hij he also has is e-sporter in terms of of his school, so he yeah. is allowed to skip uh, lessons because of training. They acknowledge him as as being a, yeah. a professional. Yeah. yeah, but it's still not an official recognition of no. an e-sporter in, in in Belgium. Although that changed this year as well with um, the the Minister of Finance uh, Vincent van Petegem decided that esports are actually uh, fiscally uh, equal to top sporters. Oh wow! So that is a big step. That's a big step because uh, in terms of the the, the revenue that that esports have, although it's not much, yeah, <laughs> in yeah, Belgium. No. Is actually treated the same way as a, as a top sporter. So that is that is very interesting. That's it, very it's, interesting because it's, it's one of the big, steps. But the thing is, I mean, it's very nice to have, but there's not that many winnings or, or yeah. earnings right now in Belgium. So <laughs> the financial <laughs> platform right is not there. It's alright to compare the euro you won at a local land party, but <laughs> everything <laughs> is settled. But the, there's no money coming in, so it's there's, not. There's no money, but. At least you're, you're paying whatever percentage it is at a top sport yeah. place. So. The, ton the tunnels are digged, but no one is driving through yeah, them. Yeah, That's, uh, that um, Doggy is wondering if he's, he's quite young. So he asked, did he, did he finish his school career? He asked, I think what he's asking is what you studied. Uh, is, is probably yeah, his question. At university, so applied economics. Applied um, economics. But I'm not, I'm not a player. I know it's very hard for a player to actually combine school and, and, and esports if you want to do it on a decent level. But somebody said school first. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a little percentage that actually makes it to the top um, and actually can, can earn their living with esports. So I would say school first. And if you can have esports on the side and actually be successful with it. Okay, sure, you can change to esports when you're actually successful, but yeah. school is still very important. Whatever you do, if, even if it's esports, it's a very good thing to have. If your career is over, you can maybe stay in esports and take a different job and use that that's that school or whatever uh, thing you study. Exactly. Yeah, I think also that um, there there's a certain point on which you need to take a di the, the, the dive in the deep uh, to 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 come from that you know mildly uh, successful or or even yeah. very successful to become completely like. Uh, at a very next level and that is with everything that's with music that's with streaming that's with esports there's a there's a moment uh where you are a very successful in individual i would say and that moment can transcend into be becoming a professional um but the thing is i mean you could have school and esports next to together and be successful at exactly. both yeah probably there's a lot of things around it that you'll have to skip yeah and people don't realize it that well uh, maybe i have an, an night out with friends I have to skip that and maybe train for my esports. Exactly. And that's the thing, that's the commitment that some people are not willing to take um, yeah. to, to, to grow to to be a professional esporter or streamer or whatever you want to be. But you'll have to take sacrifices at some point. Um, and I don't, and I think school should be last on that list. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Going out with friends, you probably can do it later at times when there is maybe in summer or winter, whatever, when there's no esports season or when there's downtime. But if you really take your career seriously and whatever fashion or thing it is you want to do, whether it's esports, gaming or whatever it is, 
you'll have to make sacrifices, but school is last on that list. Exactly. And my point of view. I think if you want to be at the top the top of your game in any in anything, I've known quite a lot of uh, very competitive Magic the Gathering players. Uh, some some of them who were at some point actually in a pro status. Yes, there was something like a pro status in Magic the Gathering. It's very hard to imagine, but like 15, 20 years ago, there was actually money still, you know, going around mm -hmm. in that world. Um, they they sacrificed quite a lot, like you said, uh, especially uh, uh, social contact, but they said like, I, I get my social contact from playing, so that's fine, so I can skip that. So uh, by, by that I can say, okay, I'm not going out for two, three months. Um, and, and they would really have to organize their life around that. And it takes a lot of dedication because I think the, the 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 line between Magic Gathering and gaming is very is very thin because there's there's a meta game there's uh, it's it's all the same except that it's a board game of course but yeah. uh, mm -hmm. the, the the way of thinking is is uh, is very similar that's why I always put that line because people understand a card or a chess game um, yeah for them it's more you know they can grab it they can touch it and they can okay oh it's like that oh it's the same uh, and I think a, a gamer or or any form of athlete or or someone performing at a very very high level needs to understand that they do have to make a lot of sacrifices so i, I agree a lot uh, on that um we got uh, a, a few more questions from the chat uh, jay uh, uh, is asking uh, why did the r6 team stopped back i don't really know what that means uh, it was the best bnl teams and won all a lot of the BNL Cups, I don't really know what that question means. We used to have, we used to have Rainbow Six team. Oh, okay. Um, and well, obviously they were they were the best uh, Benelux team because they won the the Benelux season. But we transferred them to a German uh, to a German team, um, so they didn't stop. They actually were all bought out of their contracts by the German team. There you so go. we didn't drop the team; they were actually transferred, and that's. I mean that's that's something that I'm very proud of. That of means that we're actually doing something right, and we can actually, as a team, make money out of the players that we actually grow, and and transfer them. But that was very exceptional. Um, I mean, we transferred uh, seven Rainbow Six players last year, and uh, seven League of Legends players and staff, which. And I think has never been done in the Benelux before. Actually, transfers with money Real involved. Real transfers, yeah. Um, so that means that we're onto something with Lola Lines, and that's something that I want to pursue, pursue more this year by being more professional. So we didn't drop that that Rainbow Six team. We actually transferred them. That's yeah. That's that is that is uh, definitely a milestone, because I, I believe that you you can. It, it it is like someone would say you can put on you can put that on your resume that lowland lines can shape players to be at that peak yeah, level. That's the idea. So exactly. if we can actually show that people well went to the next step because of lowland lines, they're actually also proud of being part of used to being part of lowland lines because we made them a little part of the way they are now. I mean that's the goal. Uh, so they are ambassadors of, of our local region as, as gamers and they're proud of being or used to be Diffuse Kids and, and Lowland Lions. So that, those are the best ambassadors of, of what we want to Achieve. do and, and be. And the next step would be, of course, to keep those players within uh, Lowland Lions because... Yeah, keep them a little longer and actually, uh, well, actually give them a living for it to start yeah. and then 
oh, like maybe go to a, a bigger team uh, yeah. and not the maybe tier t tier two international teams that they go right now. Yeah, I, I yeah, understand. Um, I've got a question, a very specific question, which I I don't really understand myself, but it is. Uh, you might. Uh, uh, it's it's from the senpai uh, as well. Uh, he asks, do you guys use an agile mindset uh, at lowland lines as well seeing as your current career path might be heavily influenced by the agile way of working i don't really understand that question but you might you might yeah, well, agile that. is sort of of uh on how to approach for example uh, uh, creating something or um we're not using an agile um working environment within lowland lines the thing is everything we do is agile as it is i mean things advance so rapidly and we have to um, create things on the spot that we don't really have that uh sort of enforced methods of working um i mean we're, we're also not that professional you could say uh i mean everybody working on low lines is a freelancer or is just somebody trying to help us out mm -hmm. uh, an agile way of working i mean Esports is agile, as agile as it gets. So uh, we really don't have that a methodology yeah. in terms. Of it's not. It's not a thing that now. transcends into. Uh, yeah. um, I've got Dynamo asking. Do you think the CS:GO team can grow into a second or first year team? Because uh, he says he can imagine. It's really hard to get out of that third tier division. Um, is the gap between third tier and second tier that big? Is I, yeah. I think the question. It's, it's Immense. It's immense. Uh, I mean, we've been we've been tier three uh, or at the same level from where we started at the fuse kits. Oh, wow. we had okay. uh, I think two or three shots on getting tier two. Uh, I think we missed out on tier two and in, in two rounds. I think in one game, uh, which is really uh, heartbreaking at the at that time. But if if you see if you look at the player at the teams that we're facing um, at the the highest tier three level. I mean, those people have a budget of ten times of what what Lola Lines yeah. has. So, they're they're those people are full time, are in the gaming houses, have dedicated coaches, and probably have those those uh, those cooks and those physical coaches as well. I mean, it's not a fair a fair battle in that yeah. sense. And sometimes you'll have teams that actually can get to that tier two level with no um, say no support but they'll get picked up by the bigger teams eventually or just crumble under the pressure or get get uh, some players get a um, an invitation by another team to play just for them with, a, yeah. with a, yeah so i yeah. mean it's just it, and that in that sense, it's not really fair a competition, yeah. but it is, it is what it is. Uh, it, it's because it doesn't have that supporting uh, structure yet, I think. Yeah. Um, well, we cannot offer the same things that those teams give. So, but you know, the future. We can aspire to be, but we're not. We cannot do it right now. So we're still on at tier three, and it's probably the level that we we are right now. So. All right. Uh, Dynamo, thanks you for uh, for the answer. He says he and he understands. Uh, we got Spaghetti String asking. Um, uh, he's asking how good do you have to be accepted to be accepted on on the team or a team? I think rank uh, ranks etc. I think, in my opinion, uh, we we talked about this before. You, you can. It, it's not really in terms of good, right? Because there's a lot of good players. No, uh, I mean we're we're only playing uh, team games, so um, obviously you have to be good. Uh, when you're playing Flow Lines, you probably want to be a top um, 
a top player in whatever you do. Uh, but if you're the absolute top, you're probably internationally already. So just the top at the, the people that are still uh, local. But you also have to be able to to uh, to work as a t in a team. Um, that's something that we want to sort of select on harder uh, next season. Um, you have to have the right mindset. Have to be able to work in a team, um, and obviously have the skill and 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 also have the mentality to actually become better. Um, if you have all those, uh, then you'll probably make it eventually into a team. Um, but you have to grind your way up, um, play at the lower lower leagues, maybe become a, an academy team for a team like uh, Lowland Lions. Although we don't have an academy team in League of Legends, for example, right now, but. You get the point. So and and just grow your way, grow your way up. If you have the all those things fixed, so talent, mentality, uh, people skills, then you'll you'll make it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what yeah, I think. Is... You have to be you have to be great. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you have to be a really good player. But that uh, spaghetti says, okay, makes sense. As I was in T three in R six, but the team uh, the team got stuck. Um, uh, Fusion is asking why the Fuse Kids changed the name to Lowland Lines. We already uh, answered that question uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, is there a, a small uh, like? Can you say that in a couple of sentences? I we, we talked about it and and the Fuse Kids was didn't sound that professional to uh, to partners, and exactly. it actually became more of a. A roadblock than actually helping us so. than helping us so that uh but if you want uh views and tv that's actually a very good moment to go to my little segue you can listen to this podcast uh after on youtube uh on the vod uh we will also make like shorter versions and stuff uh so you will you will be able to listen to all the things we talked about with philip uh it's it's been very interesting already so you can catch up on a, on a couple of that uh those things as well uh senpai asks uh, my my next my next question uh actually uh he's asking what is the maximum age for an esports player uh can dickis feke still be on the team as a millennial boomer uh senpai has, has coined a very good term he coined the term millennial boomer and i feel like i'm one and i think that's what because he said I'm, I'm kind of a boomer as well but we're more like millennial boomers we're not really boomers we're we're we're, we're gen boomers, is that a term yeah it, so well he coined it. I like it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, the thing is, uh, with esports being that young, um, I mean, people get the idea that the an esporter is probably done at the age of 25, 26 or something. Mm -hmm. But there's been a lot of examples that actually go 30 plus. Uh, it all depends on the really the drive that you still have to actually put in the hours, learn. Um, and stay the best at the game that you uh, play. Obviously, at some point, your reflexes and your your physical ability to be the best player will uh, will make it harder. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, you can still compensate with um, getting getting the game better or getting Inside. to know the game better, becoming better than your opponent. I mean, it all depends on how you relate to your opponent. If you're still better than your opponent, although you're physically lacking, yeah, whatever, you're better. But it all depends on the drive that you have and the time that you actually want to spend in, into the game and, 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 and hang around the scene. Because if you're, if you're a professional gamer at the highest level, the, the, the amount of stress that you get every game and also from the outside world and social media is just immense. And that's probably one of the reasons why the careers of esports is, is is very short mm -hmm. because the huge amount of stress, probably more than 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 in sports because of just of the mental pressure that you have every game, and and the social media is just 
it's just immense especially yeah especially social media because i, I feel that um soccer players get that amount of uh, attention as well but soccer has a as a structure that has been around for years so they have those mental coaches at the ready from the start even from the uh from the under 20s or the under 18s or, or even whatever they already have mental coaches on them just every every or game training, whatever they they know how to handle stuff like that we don't have media training at lower lines maybe we should i mean some people some some players actually struggle using social media what to say what not yeah. what that you at least uh, retweet or whatever like the things that Lola Lines is posting about you, for example, or be active on social media at least for the little amount of time that you still have left, but it's important. But that's something that we're lacking at Lola Lines is actually training the people to use social media and deal with, the, the, for example, the, the things that they read about themselves on social media. I, I agree. Whatever. So you can uh, you cannot do it all. I agree. It's uh, media training. I think is is a thing uh, that is very interesting to streamers as well. Because we, of course, with Kaiser Talks, we kind of talk to streamers, to people who who aspire to become gamers, streamers, whatever in in the in that whole uh, esports uh, thing that we live in. Um, yeah. Is that media training? If you can take even a small amount of media train training or read up on it, just to understand what how do you behave in an interview. How do you behave in uh, towards uh, bad uh, publicity uh, or are people saying, oh, you suck, stuff like that, just toxic, general yeah. internet toxicness. Um, it can drag people down to, to um, like you say, like a level of just saying, I quit. It's done. I can't take yeah. it anymore. And, and that's, that's it's, I think it's a big problem for a lot of people and not, not only you know uh the the bigger names even the smaller names are starting out uh don't pass that threshold just because they can't handle all that pressure um, yeah exactly but uh but yeah i think it's very important that people get you know um that they inform themselves on that and and a very small amount of of i've, I've got a friend i i'm gonna plug him because because it's it's not because i want to plug him but it's it's, it's just very useful he's called the senpai uh we, we he asked a lot of questions and he makes videos on um for example uh about the mindset uh or about uh staying your in your circle of control what that means mm. what would the stuff that you can that you can do yourself and i think mm. those those are very they're free they're on youtube so guys go check it out um it, it's very important for people to to kind of they're only six minute videos but you can learn so much from just understanding that if you're playing League of Legends with randoms and you're solo queuing, even if you're super good, there's only a, a small amount of stuff that you can control and 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 yeah. get, getting angry over it or, or, or getting tilted over that or getting tilted over toxic chat has no, will not make you better. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, it's more than just playing a game. Yeah. on a decent level i mean it's, it's growing as a person as well working with other people reacting to other people it's a lot more than just play a game on this level it's pro it's probably the most important thing playing on a decent level but there's a lot of things around it that actually make you start from making you good to better or the best uh, yeah there's a lot more things than just playing the game on a decent level and i, and I love that you that you uh, you've repeated it every almost every time you said they have to be team players because you have to yeah, be yeah. a good it's team important. player I mean, we uh we struggled this season with our legal league of legends team because the team didn't work as it's supposed to be um 
we used to have Counter-Strike teams that actually really boomed because of, of people clashing with each other. Although they started off fine, but when, when I mean, every team starts off fine. There's, mm. there's obviously a reason why you play as a team is yeah. because you like each other or you're, you think you can actually achieve something together. But eventually a bump will come on come on the road of uh, of your journey and then 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 you see whether a team is good or great it's just how you handle that certain bump if it's if it's the people if it's people actually choking because of it or not talking about it anymore or people actually dealing with with that issue and and trying to solve it that makes a team great and that's something that we we at Lone Alliance tried to figure out at the start of the season by creating or looking for people that, that actually have sort of level of maturity or, or or life experience or whatever that we know that if something happens down the road that they can actually deal with it yeah. or at least have the experience on how to deal with certain situations a certain flick. but that's i mean that's that's not an exact science as we showed this year with a league of legends team. <laughs> I, I i think that you're 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 definitely not the only one uh even even very high performing teams even uh, soccer teams uh th th there have been dry runs for for teams that that have been very good uh in in any very high level uh or or just high level competitive uh um Thing that you're doing game uh, or, or or whatever sport uh there needs to be a certain form of uh, of harmony they don't have to be friends but there needs to be a certain oh. form of harmony and, and synergy and you don't you don't want friends because no. friends well friends they like they like each other and maybe they have the same goal but as you said if you want to make sacrifices you don't need friends you want people to have the best of their game exactly. actually participate and maybe well some sometimes Things won't work out the things uh, the way you you want it to go. So friends on the team, it's it's not it's not an, an an extra nice thing to have because actually people have to make. Sometimes you'll you'll have to to comment on a friend that he's not performing the way he should be, and then it just makes it harder because of it because of it. Well, it's a friend. Yeah. We have teams at at Lola Lines that that used to be strangers for each other and actually became friends because of the great season that they had. That's something different, but different, having yeah. friends is not an extra plus in my Because you're, gro you're growing into that group dynamic and that's that's exactly what, what you want yeah, to create. you were a great team, you were strangers and actually became uh, became friends. I mean, our last um, League of Legends team or, or League of Legends team of, of, uh, of uh, summer 2020, they became really good friends. I'm still in the Discord with them, and they talk every day with each other. Although they're all on all separate teams, but they became great friends because of the journey they had. They had a real bumpy road, but they they became champions as a group, and that really forged them as a, as a, a really a band of brothers. So yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, I've got some stuff in the chat here uh, before it becomes too much. Um, what do we have here? We have Dynamo asking, "Is there any interest?" We 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 actually kind of covered that. If that there if there's any interest to to um, to broaden up the roster of games, but we we covered that in the beginning. You're saying we we want to get things right for the two games we have right now and the third game that is a community game, which we we're gonna talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so we already kind of covered that. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna add to no, that? No, the or? thing is, just want to focus a game that we might add or might want to add as Rainbow Six, but mm -hmm. as we said before it, it if, if it, the players don't cost anything it still costs the organization time and exactly. money because of the support that we want to give so we want to focus on the games that we already have and make sure that we have everything right there and we'll see 
what whether we add brings. another game and maybe this year or next year what happens down the road uh yeah. blue moon is saying i think also what you see right now is that esports players either retire because of motivation motivation or issues of stress we talked about that uh or because esports a player of very sedentary life actually that's not true uh blue moon they do not lead a sedentary life uh typically which means they sit down a lot they do sit down a lot but um and I, a lot of esports players actually complaining of all the traveling. So uh, exactly, uh, I was, not, I was. They're not sitting in that basement anymore. Uh, there's a lot of people actually quitting because they want to stay at home and actually, well, maybe become a content creator and then actually they can stay at home and create things from their house. But just fed up with with all the traveling. What 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 they say is um, it leads to back problems and and wrist injuries and stuff. But that those days have kind of changed. Uh, full moon. I, I for example, and that's a blue moon. Sorry, that's that's been a, a while as well. As I said before, I I kind of know a couple of uh, uh well big big esports names, and they all say we work out every day. Uh, we do physiological yeah. movements so that we don't get those wrists problems we have ergonomic mm. chairs we have ergonomic sitting this the days of n not watching ergonomics at all they are I, I think we can safely say they're over when you reach well, obviously there are players that have their physical problems but they're, they're a lot less because of the all the structure that they have the physical exercise as you say the chairs the, the all the exercises that they do I mean there's not that many players that actually have physical problems anymore I think the more the there's more people actually having mental problems because of all the stress the things that we discussed before than all the phys than the possible physical problems that they could have yeah i think mental problems are, are yeah, still, are still... Is the main the main issue for sure yeah because it, it's people th always think yeah it's it's only games but there's all that you're talking about traveling that brings it's a lot of stress business. it's not only games it's big big business that's right yeah it's true uh what do we have here so uh it's just me trying to help those small shrimps as a communications coach senpai is a, is a communications coach and coach and he's trying to 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 help uh uh gamers not especially competitive gamers so that's what i already said uh so we already read that what else is there it's one of uh, lencioni's dysfunctions of a team fear of conflict uh that's what you what you said uh fear of conflict. Yes, but fear of conflict that's something that we want to provoke actually mm -hmm. uh we want to make sure that we get conflict the earlier as possible to make sure that everything is straightened out yep. and that we can move forward as a team that's, that's something it... that we actually seek uh yeah. conflict to well that's the first bump in the road and if you can actually handle that bump then you're that it should be smooth sailing uh moving forward yeah that's what he's saying as well he's saying knowing how to deal with conflict in a constructive way is paramount to yeah, having a good team exactly. yeah, uh, that's very important because you do you do need conflict i feel um th there are some people that I, that i cannot work with because they don't tell me what they want they do not tell me what they don't find good they don't tell me they don't tell me anything they're just always like everything's cool okay and i cannot work with that because it doesn't trigger creativity it doesn't trigger uh wanting to be better it doesn't trigger wanting to be you always want to be as good as the person sitting next to you and if that person is very hard on you and you can be very hard on him as well it triggers that sense of okay let's go we're all going for the top he's very hard on me i can be very hard on him we can deal with that and now let's go uh, you want some I, sincere I, feedback and not some feedback afterwards after something happens from yeah maybe i should have told you earlier but yeah, yeah well, whatever that's too late now that's so too late you, you want your feedback as soon as possible and you want to have the greatest structure or the atmosphere that people feel comfortable to 
give you that feedback. Uh, if you if you install a sort of uh, censorship that people can only give feedback, uh, I don't know, on, on a certain topic and not on all the other topics, then obviously we'll create some sort of, um, I don't know, negative atmosphere that people, well, don't feel comfortable in. So exactly. that's something that we at Lone Alliance want to tackle as, as soon as possible. Uh, something we introduced this season is a flame meeting. Mm -hmm. So when something happens that shouldn't happen and you feel that there's some stress within the team, people um, have to write down everything they they want to say to another person but cannot say it to their face on a piece of paper anonymously and give it to the coach and then the coach will go through every comment on a certain player in team. So yeah. everybody gave every single flame that they have towards coach even me or another player and then they go through it in a in a flame meeting that everything is out people know how 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 people react to certain things that they did and then everything's flattened out and then you can move forward so and what's also you, really you, you, yeah go yeah, ahead sure. sorry you you you, you create a sort of uh, the flame meeting is obviously not the the, the happiest meeting that there is but you Actually, everything is on the table then, and then people can react, and sometimes people get emotional, but then it's out of the system. And if you deal with all the things that are set there on a decent way, and you actually um, give solutions, or you you uh, make some some uh, adjustments to, on how, how things are done, or you, you uh, come to a conclusion that th some things need to be done better, or some 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 other person needs to react on a different way if you can can come to a conclusion on a positive way and after a flame meeting then mm -hmm. also you're, you're really the team. it's a very good opportunity for the coach as well to 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 make it a teaching moment in in the sense of how do you how do you handle this first of all and how would you communicate this without yeah. without flaming because there 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 are ways to say hey dude you're up bleeping bleep yeah uh and you but bleep that those, bleep. Those <laughs> But to make sure that people don't react emotionally face to face with each other, they just write it down and give it to the coach, exactly. and the coach sends it to the face of the player. Exactly. And then, well, there obviously there are certain rules within a flame meeting that obviously you cannot react instantaneously. You have to make sure you have to keep your emotions under control. If you can, if you're getting emotional, you can say it, but please shut up for ten seconds and make sure what you're saying is actually the things that you mm -hmm. want to say so it's it's a safe environment within the team and obviously the things that are set in that meeting are not spread out over the whole uh, community but you feel that after a flame meeting things are flattened out and the team starts to perform a lot better because people know what others expect because sometimes things are things are not spoken out loudly uh, and then you know that well People don't have any grudge on me because of the debt of that. No, everything was on the table. Everything's been discussed. Let's move on forward with a clean slate. Exactly. So, clean the air. I mean, so it's very conflict is, is essential in, in team working, whether it's an esport or not. And I think with what we installed at Lowland Lines and things so how we approach it, I think it's it's very it's very interesting. It's very uh, enriching, even for me. Uh, I do agree um so what am i what am i seeing here in chat yeah people are saying um that uh they quit games because of toxicness now i can i can respond to that 
I, I see um, Reckless, uh, for example, has uh, quit. Uh, I, I just saw his, his name uh, pass by again. Um, uh, has quit uh, playing competitively for Fnatic. I think he, he, he integrated another team already, G2 or something. Yeah. Um, but he's playing a lot on Twitch. And he says, look, I've said this. I've said that they have to do that. I've said, okay, we don't want to do that. Let's do, then let's at least do this as a group. It doesn't happen. Fine. Communications get closed. If you're solo queuing, he says, there's no point in communicating with people that do not want to communicate and do that yeah. only want to communicate in toxicness because toxic toxicness will never help you. Also, I, I feel like we need, we need to, to give this message to players out there as well. Just don't be toxic. It doesn't help you. It makes you a worse gamer. And it will never make somebody else uh, uh, play better. Uh, it's been scientifically proven that toxic players lose 75% more games. Exactly. Because of, well, that's, that's the negativity so in their head to the... Yeah, 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 I think it's a study of Riot, even. That, uh, well, they obviously, they know what a toxic player is. They do oh my God. research on it. And they actually, they actually shown that, that people that are toxic lose a lot more games than people that are actually... Uh, just trying to be good teammates and even though people not all people at solo queue want to communicate because they don't feel like it but you shouldn't be expecting that of a solo queue exactly if you want to play as a team you should queue as a team and not as a solo queue i mean that's the point of solo queue exactly that's 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 and i think that that is uh uh just a general wisdom that that you should take from philip uh, on on toxic players is if you're playing alone just don't expect the other players, first of all, to be as good as you, to be uh, as communicative as you, or to listen to you, or even to agree with you, because they don't yeah. know you. They, It's just, it's not, if you want to play competitively, solo queuing is probably not your best, you know, teaching school, uh, I think. No. Uh, no. Because you it's, don't get feedback. I mean, it, suits, it, it suits the purpose you want to solo queue because you don't have a you don't have anybody to play with, or it's just your choice to play alone, which is fine. But you shouldn't expect to play as a team on solo queue. Yeah. If that's your idea of playing, well, look for a team or play Kaiser maybe and find a team and play Kaiser and then play competitively. There but you go. Oh, solo queue. There's there's no and there's no point except for example, I I, I played or played a lot of Heroes uh, Heroes of the Storm, which is the the lesser uh, famous uh, MOBA, I would say. Uh, but uh, I, I tended to overanalyze quick matches. And there is there is no point, people. I'm just telling it straight out. Do not analyze quick matches. There is no sense at all. Even Storm League or whatever league that you're playing in, in League of Legends, th there is not much sense to overanalyze those if they're not set in a, in a, in a, competitive, uh, a competitive environment. Because... The only thing you can do is actually look at your own performance and exactly. maybe learn on things that you might have done better, but not as a team because, well, the other team will do random stuff, your team will do random stuff. The only thing you can look at is yourself, meaning also your your behavior. I yeah. mean, use of being toxic, your team will, will be negative towards you as well and probably start losing and you will have a negative tendency as well. So. Yeah, and it will just be a bad game and, and just a bad... Yeah. So don't go into so the toxicness the why, why do you play if you just want to be toxic what's the yes. fun in, in being toxic i, I mean if, you, if you're having fun being toxic maybe you should just delete the game and go out more and and, and go on a you. On, on a certain news site's uh, comment section uh, <laughs> uh which i'm not gonna <laughs> quote but, i mean 
No, but yeah, it's no. true. Uh, so, well, that's a very strange question. I don't understand that one. Uh, wait. Uh, Fair didn't think about traveling, so we're talking about that. Um, would you even recruit people on, on Kaiser, they're saying? Uh, is that a league that you guys are looking at? How do you guys recruit, I think, is, is, a, is, is um, the question. Last example was what we did in the League of Legends team this year. Um, so we basically opened up a form, uh, a Google form, and everybody could really Apply. participate and just really say, well, hey, this is me, this is my profile. I want to participate in your tryouts, um, which is something we did. We had uh, 120 applications wow. from people that we actually knew and people that were really unknown. Uh, and we also looked up some names on just uh, on, on ranks on on uh, well in League of Legends you have obviously ranks and and teams that are academy teams and teams that are already playing in the Dutch and the Belgian league and we just I think we had 60 people on our tryouts eventually and we just selected them based on their on their skill on how they behaved in the team on their on their mindset even on their IQ uh, being smart and actually understanding what the game is uh, and that's how we we created a team so we had um, two players that are actually rookies and never played competitive before on a decent level. Oh, wow. Uh, so they never played an, an official match before and we had them on their roster. Wow. And with Lola Lines being the former champion of the Dutch League, it was, I mean, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, so recruiting, we, we basically scout everything. Uh, if Kaiser has a, has a decent, well, Kaiser cannot have a, 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 a League of Legends uh, league on a decent level, but uh, you used to have ESL and you you used to have the Dutch League, and then we just start scouting all those players and ask them, well, do you want to try out for us? And we'll cool. see. But I mean, it it varies on the from experienced players to really rookie players. Uh, we had some experienced players on our roster, and we had some rookies on our roster. Um, we're not going to recruit, or probably won't recruit full experience rosters anymore that's mm -hmm. just not what we want to do uh, at this stage anymore yeah so probably next season we'll have two rookies again or at least one rookie on a roster that has never been uh, never played competitive before that is cool that and if is... it hurts our, our performance um so be it uh, yeah that's what we had this season but we'll we'll be sure that we'll we'll I'm sure that the rookie that we had uh, or still have this season and had last season will perform like an experienced player now. So wow. next season will be very good, I think. Yeah, because it shapes the players, but it also shapes the team to have rookies. Because uh, it, it, it challenges coaches, it challenges uh, people. It's very challenging. Very it's challenging. challenging for experienced players because they know it's a rookie and they can expect that, well, things will happen, obviously. Yeah um but that's part of being a rookie but they have that amount of talent and 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 uh, game knowledge that we know that they can that those rookies can play on the level that we play on or they wouldn't be on our team um so it's a huge risk that we're taking on the approach that we um that we have right now but we know that in the long run if we can uh uh create those or, or keep those processes and and fine-tune those processes that we have really a winning a winning method of uh creating each season 
a team with rookies and actually be a top contender in the leagues that we're playing. Mm -hmm. Even in Counter-Strike, although Counter-Strike is a bit different because there's not that many um, lower level competitions, you could say. So yeah. there's, there's not that many organizations that have a decent structure as you have in League of Legends in the Benelux right and, now. And so, also, I think in, 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 in CS, uh, aren't rookies harder to find? Because I think most people have been have been at well, it for quite a while. They're not that hard. They're not that hard to find. I mean, Counter Strike is probably um, easier to find rookies because of all the statistics that they are, mm. uh, and there are some methods to detect whether somebody has actually good knowledge of the game. But the thing is that um, then in, in Counter Strike you don't have that uh, uh, dedicated roles that that League of Legends has. Mm -hmm. So. Obviously, you have a sniper, and you have a lurker, and you have people that actually know very much uh, what utility is, and and an in-game leader. But it's it's harder to uh, combine those profiles. Yeah. In League of Legends, you know, if you have a decent uh, mid laner, you have a decent bot laner, decent support, it's easier to detect those and form a team than in Counter Strike. Yeah. And in in the Benelux, we don't have that many. Um, yeah, sort of leagues of, of, of lower leagues where you can actually scout teams or players to to form a team. So Counter-Strike is a bit a bit different, but we have those those um, um, those procedures and those metrics in our process already. So if we want to create a new team from scratch and actually set up a team ourselves with rookies, we could probably do it with the the, the, the metrics that we already uh, you already have. Use. Yeah, but that's we'll not... see. Uh, next. Yeah, that's that's for the next. Uh, yeah. well, I'm I'm gonna pass through a couple of questions because uh, the questions are, are actually coming in. Uh, maybe a bit far fetched. Uh, Dynamo asks, but will, will there will there ever be a possibility for a regular guy to invest in Lowland Lions? I, I think that's a good question because I've 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 seen that you know some of the bigger teams are of course you know noted and people invest in them and so it's it's a good question. Yeah. Well. Yes, for sure. Um, and I expect that to happen this year, or maybe next year, maybe not in Lowland Lines, but in other teams. Um, whether it's a sports team or whether it's a real investor that actually believes in esports, it will happen for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I mean, it happens internationally. We're just lagging a bit behind, but it will happen for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. Okay, somebody's saying uh, thank you for all the insights for and being so open as a community. Yeah, uh, I feel like that, that's what I like about this talk as well is that um, you you guys are very open. I've read that in in your uh, in, in your other interviews as well and, and on your website. You're very open as to what Lowland Lines uh, is about what you think about gaming about and 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 especially what it is not and that is very nice because we we talked about that in the beginning of this uh of this podcast is that th there's been a lot of dream selling and and um th that's that's not what it has to be we we got to build something and to build something everybody needs to be very honest and very upfront so that's very uh that's very cool so blue moon is uh, is thanking you uh, for that uh what else do we have here we got a, a couple of people entering uh the giveaway then we got uh Stalem, uh from kaiser uh, stefan from kaiser uh how do you view the difference between dutch and belgium league in league of legends mm -hmm. um, I, uh, <laughs> I had a call with uh, meta on, on our previous season was and they asked me the same question uh i think the belgian league is by far the more professional league um 
in terms of teams, in terms of how people approach the league. Maybe not in terms of level, although this season that changed dramatically as well. Um, I think uh, I even said it to the people of Meta. I'd rather play in the Belgian league than the Dutch league, to be honest. Oh wow, yeah, uh, yeah, really. Um, the Dutch league. Um, I mean, the there is the the soccer team PSV. They're obviously putting a lot of money and a lot of effort into the League of Legends team, but it, but uh, in terms of the other teams, I don't feel the same um, drive. Uh, you could say in terms of trying to professionalize the things that need to be done for League of Legends, and that's just an honest opinion. I will probably mm -hmm. get slack for that, but in terms of what I think is the more interesting league, by far it is the Belgian league. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So just in terms of interest and in how you see the league progress, and in terms of professionalism, of I would say the Belgian league by far. Well, I think you have you have a uh, you say you're going to get slack for that, but you, I think you have a good position since Lowland Lions is um, very you know it, it's uh, as well Netherlands as been as Belgium based, so you you see both oh, sides of the choice. spectrum. I mean, we could we could decide whether it was the Belgian league or the Dutch league at the beginning. We decided to go for the Dutch league because I still believe that in the end. The, the Netherlands has more potential esports-wise because obviously it's a bigger country. There's only one language, Dutch. Yeah. So in the long run, the Netherlands should be bigger than Belgium, or yeah. at least it should be easier for esports to grow in the Netherlands. Although Belgium is is going further and further away from the Netherlands, in my opinion. But in terms of um, what I feel and how professional the league is, I think the Belgian league is a uh, is way ahead over it's the Dutch league. Um, they have a follow-up question on that. It's Fanta asking, how did you deal as an organization? Uh, I think they're, they're also wanting to, uh, to, 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 to ask about the team uh, with a disappointing performance and, and how did the team keep uh, kept being motivated for the next, uh, the next split? Um, I, I imagine that it, it must be hard coming back well, empty-handed is, is a lot. Uh, a lot well, it is empty-handed. Uh, we didn't get any playoffs. It's, I mean, you. We knew that by um, introducing the new method of recruiting and taking a leap with rookies and not uh, maybe not even investing that much in players. Um, or at least investing a lot in players but players that don't have that much experience so really investing a lot but not really investing in terms of salaries maybe was a, a leap of faith maybe mm -hmm. so we knew that well it could have could have ended the way it ended uh this season but the thing is um after the season the the team didn't really fell apart i mean we uh, let go of one player which and in our view was one of the reasons why we didn't perform the way that we should have performed this season but the other four players are really sticking together uh and are a really great team it was just one missing link this season in in our opinion that that uh, cost us playoffs and maybe maybe the title um but that's something that will change and we knew we know why we uh we didn't um we didn't select the best team, and uh, what 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 we, what will change in the in the processes um, leading towards creating the team. But 
obviously the disappointment is, is big. Um, I won everything in League of Legends up until this season. Mm-hmm. Um, ending fifth is not something that I had in mind with, this, with the team that we have, but mm-hmm. we'll see next season. Um, it happens. I mean, the thing I think the dealing with winning is uh, is not as important as dealing with losing. So we'll see how we bounce back. Uh, if we can bounce back, getting back to the, the to those playoffs and top two again, we'll be fine. And I'll I'll be more happy to to actually have a better second season after a season like this with four of the five players that are actually the same because it will prove that prove, prove our point that the four players that we actually selected are. The people that we need to perform on the highest level so a big disappointment obviously but we were pretty sure that we'll do a lot better uh next season yeah like 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 you say um um handling disappointments is more uh, and, and just well losing is is well one of the words but uh is is way more important than than handling a, uh, a win uh one, one of i think uh the the best examples in 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 belgium in soccer was uh, KV Mechelen uh, staying that second and third class and keeping 10 years just playing on, on, on a certain level and then just finally in 2000 something four or five six uh, returning to first division uh, it, c- it can always happen uh, because you you try to keep that consistency and and a loss or a long even a long spell of losses uh, doesn't mean you're over as a team it just means that you need to learn from those uh, situations and like you said before uh, it could be a player it could be a situation it could be money financially uh, yeah. it, it can be not the right platform it can be the wrong game can be the wrong it, there's so many factors so i think i think that's very interesting for the young people as well to understand that you have to be able to deal with losing yeah dealing with winning is easy dealing with losing is a lot of a lot of a lot different but even dealing with winning is also a thing that a lot of uh Benelux teams can probably learn from uh, a lot of teams take pride in actually um bming or memeing the other team after they won yeah but uh after they lost you yeah uh, you never you don't hear, hear them. from them anymore so i mean there's a lot to be right, a lot to learn in terms of how to communicate when losing and or winning uh, and deal with it um but i mean this league of legends season was obviously a disappointment i will see next season how um how we'll perform but i'm actually pretty confident that we'll do we'll do fine better Awesome. Um, what do we have here? Um, what does Belgium need esports related to grow on the international stage? We kind of, we kind of handled that uh, as well. Uh, I think. Um, what What would it take? Uh, is a better question. What would it take to to take us consistently in that bigger esports scene? uh rather than the small little shootouts we kind of sometimes have uh i know that made in asia for example kind of uh in, you know invested in that a lot uh, they brought over french gamers like gotaga no, well not gotaga yeah. dwagby uh came over to for their esports is is that the kind of things we need do we need more uh events do we need more what what would they what would it be is it just financial or is it other things yeah well financial financial uh well investments obviously but i think in general the the level of teams competitions and and events needs to to get a step up and a couple of steps up but it's 
I mean, it's something that needs to grow, but uh, I mean, growing means investing, and that's probably the things that we've been lacking the last couple of years. But uh, I mean, investing is one thing, but you actually need to know what to do with the things that with with the investment. And I mean, you could give all the money to Lowland Lines, for example, all the esports investments in the Benelux to Lowland Lines, but that won't help the scene because you'll help one team, but there won't be other teams to compete against. There won't be any local local competitions. There won't be. I mean, in general, investments need to go up in esports in the Benelux, I think. Uh, and the money needs to be spent wisely and not just to one uh, party within uh, within the scene and that will progress but we need to I mean you have to realize that um, we're in Belgium we're in the Netherlands we're not the biggest countries we won't get the budgets that that teams get in France and Germany and yeah. in the UK and Spain whatever so we we'll always have our place, even within regular sports. I mean, all the soccer teams in, in Belgium and the Netherlands, they're okay in, in, the, in the European leagues, but they're not winning those leagues or yeah. not winning the Champions League in soccer, whatever. We have to know our place. And um, obviously, we're not at the same level compared to the soccer clubs uh, compared internationally, but we're getting there but it's just a matter of investment and, and investments well spent i think but, but also you say we're not at the same level of the other soccer clubs but um uh but it is a thing that we were talking about earlier is that we see this happening in our soccer clubs as well uh is that the really good players well they got sold to you know yeah, Barcelona. But that's just reality. That will happen. Right. That will happen to that will that will never change. I mean, that's we right. won't have the bigger budgets like the Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, exactly. whatever. We won't have those budgets. So teams will have to sell their players exactly. to the bigger international teams. That's just the reality. But the discrepancy between our teams here and the international teams in esports is far bigger yep. than in soccer. Oh yeah. So there's still some catching up to do, and that just needs investment. But mm -hmm. this, that investment won't come automatically. All teams and, and, and events and competitions will just have to step up and be more professional. Yeah. And not just be the, well, we're a nice bunch of guys doing esports yeah. kind of type. That's, no, I, that's I, far I from agree. over now. I do agree, um, and and I think I think uh, w what you said before was uh, was uh, was spot on. Is that you? Uh, th there just needs to be uh, um, a general acceptance that esports is a very uh, interesting thing if you do it right, and that we have to be very realistic about what we can do as a country, but also yeah. step up to that ladder and and getting to that you know. That's got to be a comparison. The bar. That needs to be a fair, fair level of investment, and that's right now we're exactly. far below the bar that well I I'd expect to have investments in esports. But that's something that has to grow, and I think personally the the esports product in the Benelux is not just there yet. If you cannot have a decent um, Belgian or Dutch competition with uh, teams that are actually um, try to be a professional esports team. If you cannot have a competition with six teams that actually want to be professional, or at least act like they're a professional team, then there is an issue. Now, you won't have any people that want to invest in a competition that has a mixed team of this or whatever. Just a team trying to be I mean, to be part of a, of a, of a, of a competition. I mean, it frustrates me a lot that, um, that a lot of teams just think that esports is a thing, that they just need a just need a name for their team and they'll be fine and they'll yeah. need 
I don't know, whatever, 10,000 of euros of sponsoring because they're the best team in the Benelux. I mean, there's a lot more to just being the best team and just getting the results. Uh, the package of, of your product needs a lot more than just having those results. And that frustrates me a lot of some teams. And that's, that's, what's, that's something that needs to improve still before we'll be taken seriously as a region, I think. Yeah. The level of professionalism within everybody yeah. within the community. The um, structures, the communities. We need the... some kind of base teams that have a decent structure and professionalism before you can uh, your local competition will be taken seriously. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, 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 a, that's a thing that we're still struggling with. I do agree. I think we had a we had a a sense of of uh, very good land parties uh, in the beginning of the two thousands, and because Belgium Belgium has very good structures for organizations. If you look at um, a lot of things, look at Tomorrowland. We're I mean it's the biggest dance festival ever. Werchter uh, is one of the biggest, uh, and we we we've had that. Uh, and I'm now I'm even just talking on 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 those kind of things on music festivals, but. Belgium has very good knowledge of organizing things and doing yeah. things. Uh, um, so I do believe that if people take it seriously, we can get to that level and we can get to that quality that people expect. And we can also create the content behind it because yeah. we also have those content creators. So I, I feel that we are, like you say, we're, we're very much on that on that tipping and it's really tipping into... I'm gonna say that the favor of the gamers, uh, just you know, because people always think, oh, it's dipping into the favor of somebody's pockets. That's not true. It's dipping into the favor of the gamers because the closer you get these structures to your own country, the more you can dream that maybe one day you can integrate one, or one day you can see one of those huge uh, Fortnite whatever uh, uh, finals like we saw uh, in in the states um and 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 i think for any geek we already we already had uh, a semi-final of league of legends in in, um i don't know palace 12 i think in the head so i mean we can organize a lot of things and and we showed that there is actually a lot of enthusiasm for gaming and esports obviously Uh, i mean we can get those people to those events uh the thing is that there, locally, there's not that much still for investors to look into, I think. And that's mm-hmm. because of, well, the community. The community needs to professionalize yeah. um, a lot more than it does right now. And it won't depend on um, a Lowland Lions or a Sector 1 becoming more and more professional. It will depend on all the other teams actually growing professionally and having, for example, 10 teams that actually have uh, a decent level of professionalism that make it worth organizing a local competition that have that we have teams that actually stick together and have a professionalism behind it that people that people actually yeah trust maybe um uh, and and actually see as a professional team before we can actually see some investment pouring in mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah i think so as well um all right uh i think we we've kind of went around everything i think i have one last question for you uh which would be if you were to give aspiring esports athletes uh some tips some some things that some guidelines what would it be what would you tell those young players uh that they need to do i i know we talked about uh about this in the in the well in in the podcast already and priorities i know that you said school is 
in our environment still very important but what are some other things that you would uh that you would say the thing that frustrates me a lot with not only young players but players in general is that um they need to to realize that they're obviously not the best player in the world and that they need to keep on learning and it doesn't matter how many hours that you put into the game obviously the more the better but you actually need to um use those hours efficiently if you're still at school that means that your hours to actually practice and play are limited so use them wisely actually use those hours to become a better player or a better teammate in whatever sense but use your time wisely uh, it might look that you have a lot of time but a year goes by and a year in esports is immense so you have to keep on learning and actually uh, maybe do things that you don't really like like looking back on games and actually see your own mistakes but you have to learn from the things that you do and actually become a better player and not just play for the fun of it because then you well good luck with that yeah then you're a fun player which is also yeah, fine. You're a fun player. that's obviously not the thing that you're aspiring to be if exactly. you to be an esports if you want to be an esports athlete that's right uh and and what i would always suggest as well and, and i think we said we said that of course is you know there's so much information on the internet read up on it read up on on how mm. to learn skills and how to develop skills it, that applies literally on on anyone trying to be anything you can you yeah. can literally read a book on on the psychology of developing skills and apply that on gaming because yeah. a skill is a skill. And don't think of yourself as the best gamer already. Yeah, that's you, you definitely. Better be, the moment that you think that is obviously one who will be better than you. It's it's true. And um, there's a saying in poker, I, I don't know if you know that, uh, if you if you think everyone else is a fish, you're probably the fish. Uh, yeah. If you if you think everyone that's else exactly, is... That's exactly the thing. Because... But that's it's hard for some players to understand. If they think they're the best in the Benelux, they're probably the best in the world in their own minds, but probably well, obviously not probably <laughs> the only place the looks, there's still there's still some work to do there's still some work to do that's right uh we still have a giveaway to do so i'm gonna do that right now and after that we're gonna we're gonna wrap up so guys if you have any last questions for philip uh this is uh -oh. really your moment to ask them right now because we're gonna be wrapping up in a, in a few minutes uh, now um I'm, I'm gonna roll the 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 giveaway guys you have uh I, I will say like 10 seconds to type kaiser talks giveaway uh to to still enter if you have not entered do not enter again if you've already entered because it will make you uh uneligible to win um so let's go i think this these are the last seconds five four three two one all right we're gonna roll the person that has won the 300 lottery tickets is let's roll it it's full moon nl uh is the one winning the 300 lottery tickets so congratulations to that person i'm gonna roll again for the uh for the next one for the 100 tickets that is the flash hs uh, congratulations um please write in the chat what your what your uh, kaiser uh, uh name is uh i'm gonna uh re-roll for the last two ones the senpai.be got the 50 tickets and then we got one more person winning 50 tickets that is views in tv congratulations to all the winners we've gave away a, f a whopping really 
fantastic amount of uh, lottery tickets 500 uh, uh still calculated it how many hours you need to actually watch kaiser tv for that and it's like it's stellar it's insane um somebody's asking one last question and that's uh, that's actually very interesting because i kind of forgot about that uh thank you uh dynamo for uh, for reminding me um we have there's one thing we haven't talked about and that is uh, brawl stars uh yeah. the community game what what is what can you tell us about that because you've adopted a game uh to your structure that is not supported by an esports team that is actually a community game yeah it's it's uh what we used to have an esports team but brawl stars esports is, is, is still a different thing um the thing with brawl stars and well, the, the thing is, um, I, I have a very, very much interest in mobile gaming because obviously a lot of people have games on their um, their smartphone, and Brawl Stars is one of the one of the bigger mobile games. Mm -hmm. So I had the opportunity to uh, to get in contact um, with Xemos and Milan from uh, from the community and actually support them because I, I really believe that mobile gaming will be very big in esports next year, maybe the year after. You see that a lot of games are actually starting to get. Um, their mobile version, for example, League of Legends with their Wild Rift and their, uh, their Runeterra. So I think mobile is, is very big and still needs to um, mature a bit before it will become an, an esports game, but or, or, or accepted as an esports. But um, Brawl Stars really is a, is a mobile game that you actually need some skill. There are a lot of mo mobile games that, well, you just need to press a button and make sure that everything goes all right. Yeah. Uh, to mention not a clash of clans and stuff like that that i really don't like but uh a wild rift and and then brawl stars in my opinion needs skill and it qualifies as, a, as an esports game and um i mean that community gave a lot a lot to uh low lines not just being an esports team but actually being a community it's a very young audience mm -hmm. um we're we're about five thousand strong i think oh wow discord and uh, we're hosting weekly weekly cups and monthly cups with with uh, hundreds of people participating each month. So wow, it's it's really that's it, really important to us because those young fans, although it's a mobile game, they know Lowland Lions, and maybe they'll become fans eventually of the League of Legends, of the Counter Strike team, or the or the content creator team. And they're they're still young, and if you can attract their attention at that age, they'll probably be a Lowland Lions fan in the long run. So yeah. Um, that was an opportunity, and it and it paid off in a very good way, I think. Is there is there any um, uh, how do you say that? Is there any sustainable uh, tournaments for? Uh, I know I know Supercell did um, did the World Finals with like a one million dollar prize pool. Yeah, that's that's just uh, I mean that's that's the, the top 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 of the bill. So yeah. that's that's not that's not achievable for Lunar Lines, but there is an ESL Benelux competition. Mm -hmm. So that's a local competition, but it's I mean. If you look at the teams participating, there's not that. There's, I think there's maybe one or two esports organizations that's actually worth uh, mentioning. The other teams are just mixes. So there's a, still a lot of um, maturity, at, or at least to mature a lot before it actually can be considered as a as a real esports scene. But in terms of community, Brawl Stars is really uh, it's really a gift. Uh, and and the reason why we support it is because I, I really think of it as an esports game because it's a skill that you need i played the game myself and it's i mean it's not it's not easy no i mean it looks easy at the start but if you can actually yeah. grind your way up a bit then you see that it takes a lot of skill to actually become a, a good player so um i mean it's mobile and it's an esports game and i, I really see a future in, in mobile mobile gaming so that's why we're we're supporting it 
I was just gonna follow up with that uh, as a as sort of a last question. I think I think mobile gaming has been uh, integrated in in uh, Asian countries at least for 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 a very long time. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to Diablo coming to uh, to uh, mobile. I know it's not a competitive game, but it's it's going to be defining for for uh, for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. The fact that if that game is really good, if that get if they get that right, uh, I think Wild Rift has already yeah. like. You mentioned it. It's. Sets... I would have, would have mentioned it. Uh, if if there is one mobile game that I would venture in next, it's probably Wild Rift. Yeah. But it depends on the well again on the competitive structure. I wouldn't I wouldn't be adding a, a Wild Rift community to mm -hmm. Lord Island. I would rather have a Wild Rift esports team. Yes. Because I, I think that it, it actually is a big game, but still there isn't a structure locally um, for for those. Uh, for esports teams to actually support an esports team to to, well, it, you, if you if you have an esports team, you always need a benchmark. So there needs to be a competition locally to say, well, I'm the best team in Belgium or the or or the Netherlands. So there is not nothing of that right now, and that's something that I'm missing. But if there is something like that in the near future, I'll probably venture into Wild Rift as well. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think if uh, if history repeats itself, uh, I think Riot is is one of those companies that kind of self-invest as well uh so they're they're pretty good yep. on that so I, if it is if history repeats itself wild rift is going to get that same attention uh, as as league has had because yeah. the game has as uh, let's be honest uh, league has the game has been broken 17 million times uh, throughout the way but riot still supported it uh and it's it's uh it's people tend to forget this but uh league of legends is is what now um i would say how old is it? Is it like ten years old, twelve years old, something like that? More than ten, yeah. Yeah, it's more than ten sure. years old. I don't know what the year exactly is. And they're still supporting it very yeah, yeah, hard. Yeah. Uh, which... it's, it's the biggest cash cow, but the thing is, you have to keep it living and make the community make the community exactly. happy. And the thing that keeps uh, League of Legends thriving is their main competition. I mean, all the entertainment around it is why people people play it. They aspire to be the the people that are actually playing on the highest level. I mean, League of Legends has been created as an esports game uh, yeah. and a free game, which was at that time uh, revolutionary. Yeah. So they know what they're doing. And Wild Rift, it should be a big game, but it depends on the support that Riot is willing to give it and whether there will be any local competitions in the future. And if there is a, a local competition, I will definitely look into it and into venturing, getting a team on and, and Wild Rift. Yeah uh we're just uh we're getting a couple of questions uh hold on uh did i win the, yeah full moon you won the 300 tickets and i still need somebody uh okay no that's settled i see okay that's settled and then there's one last question and that's really the last one uh because we already <laughs> talked about it valorant is a riot game does it have yeah. any sports uh, future we we kind of already said that valorant has that quality to it but it's not there yet it's not mature enough yeah it's it's just too young i mean exactly again uh there's a lot of people there's a lot of teams picking valorant up but that's the, again the top league of the top the top teams that actually have the the money to invest and and pay millions to the players that are actually playing for them so that's not really something yeah. for long lines right now so we won't be investing in valorant right now because there there again there is no benchmark there's no local competition so yeah. why why try to compete against the teams that actually can spend millions on a team so yeah why go off that any 
beaten Anything path soon. with no reason uh, whatsoever. Yeah, why, why, why pick up a top 150 Valorant team if you? I mean, there is no sub structure for the tier three teams. There is no local competition, so why bother? Exactly. So right now we won't be exact, uh, not investing in Valorant right now. I, I agree. Um, all right, so Philip, I, I think we've we've uh, we've covered quite a lot uh, together. It's been a very interesting two hours uh, plus, almost three hours. Uh, I could talk to you for for hours, uh, and and the chat, one hundred percent agrees because they've been asking so many questions um uh, apparently the tickets have already been added to the accounts of the winners so that was lightning fast uh, stefan is apparently watching us lively uh completely live so that's uh that's uh, perfect so the giveaway is completely rounded up um so yeah uh thank you so much for being on here uh it was it was very thank very interesting um and uh, no problem of course uh it's an honor for us to 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 have you uh i don't know if stalem has uh, has the date for the next one ready i hope he's still watching because uh, that's uh that would be very interesting um the next one is normally i think the third friday of the month so i think it's like the 16th of april um so it, it was it was super interesting uh to talk to you about this i i, I liked your insights about because you take a lot of facts into consideration uh when you um when you um uh when you take all the things in, into consideration that have to do with esports and your job and and i think that's very important that you uh, that you handle with the facts and not with dreams and um uh, dreaming is fun but let's you know let's do it right yeah, this that's, time. that's the thing so let's let's be real for one second yeah i like that i like that all right philip uh i'm gonna i'm gonna end up uh, the stream on uh, this uh note uh and I'm, i want to thank you again for having a uh for, well you know for responding to my questions uh, uh <laughs> and to the, you, the chat you. questions uh all right uh people uh see you next month i think it's going to be the 16th so it's always the third friday but we're going to announce it everywhere uh and you're going to be able to watch this uh vod next podcast is indeed the 16th of april thank you still for confirming that uh, you're going to be uh, able to watch this uh, on YouTube as well. Uh, you're going to be able to watch the VOD in its full length. And normally there's always like a little bit of fun moments or very interesting moments that they will mount down to a small video so that you can, uh, you know, consume them. B bite size, uh, I always say. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much. Have a very good night. Uh, and, uh, you know, keep on gaming is what I would say. All right. Bye. Thanks for watching.